talking about the Ben Fish. Oh, baby. And this is Five Fins. Oh, yeah. That is the name of our show. Yep. Always has <laughs> been. Always will be. Um, Forever and ever. <laughs> uh, just don't listen to the first two where we went under a different name, which we will never refer to again. Nope. Um, Not even going to think about it, even though I am. <laughs> so... We are here to do the second night of the Lemon Wheel Festival. We covered night one on the podcast two podcasts ago. And this is probably the most uh, listening and uh, research I've done for a podcast so far. Um, I don't yeah, know how I you might, I'm pretty sure I agree with you on that one. <laughs> I This is this, yeah. I'm going to say a lot of things about this show. First thing I, I need to say is like if you were there, a big middle finger and then a big hug right after that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, that's bold. There, yeah. Man, <laughs> people saw this. People were there for this. They were there were a lot a bunch of people there. It was uh, a bunch. um <laughs> in terms of the setting up the show, we've already done a lot of that on the first episode. So if you don't know anything about Lemon Wheel Festival, first of all, just Google it and read some stuff. But second of all, listen to our first episode. Um, I wanted to throw a couple things out there right off the bat. Um, last episode, I mentioned a thing on fish.net that was uh, pretty cool back and forth. And I didn't name who the back and forth was or what it was called. So I did get that information. And um, if you want to look this up on the fish.net blog, which, by the way, shout outs to fish.net. That's where we're getting all our information. Yeah. And, and got it back in the day. I remember discovering that brief aside there. It's just fantastic. You discovered it first, obviously. but And, uh, yeah, the reason that you and I are both fish fans, I think, is probably because of fish.net. So shout-outs yeah, to, right? shout yeah. to the good people at the Big Mockingbird ups. Foundation and everybody for doing that. But um, it is on the fish.net blog. There is a series of debates between two A-plus fish.net users, um, Funky C Funky Do, which is a great handle by the way yeah that's pretty and a fantastic uh deep simpsons joke reference and uh uh noob 100 who's also like a really great user and i've seen the whole arc of the noob 100 thing that was a user who for a long time was like the most knowledgeable fish fan ever who had never seen the band yeah Uh, i actually remember that because i remember seeing the name yeah yeah that's awesome um they do this uh series called yeah you should check it out i've never actually mentioned it to you off off mic or anything um there's a series called take the bait uh, this is episode eight of Take the Bait called Forgotten Festivals. And they do a lot of, um, uh, they do, are in that one, they talk uh, all about the Lemonwell Festival and cover some of the kind of information we talked about as the preliminary stuff Nice um, in the first episode. So definitely check that out. And that also has a lot of the cool pictures like the giant pelican thing and the uh, the elephant statues and the portalette pagoda and all of that stuff. So if you want to get a feel for what it was like Garden. to be there as best as you can. Uh, also, uh, you and I both checked out. Um, there's, you know, uh, not to give it a full endorsement, but there there's some YouTube videos available of the show we're going to discuss tonight. If you. Yep. You know, if you type in all the cool words, but um, so unnecessary information. Exactly, and uh, specific. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, don't just type in like 1998. You'll get like a bunch of stuff about like I don't know what was going on in 1998, the Clinton thing. <laughs> um, yep. My mom's watching that show. The uh, she keeps texting me about it. The uh, the Clinton. Uh, they're doing the oh, live the action one. Scheme one. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Um, which wouldn't even be a scandal today. Everything's <laughs> nobody yeah, nobody would even notice. Uh, <laughs> I just when I saw the pre when I saw the preview for it, I was like, wow. I feel yeah. nope. <clears throat> Pass. Um, <laughs> this is uh, another sub podcast. <laughs> We're starting <laughs> um, events from 1998. No, so uh, we have a lot to cover. It's a three set show, and um, I think we should just get right to it. Let's say, uh, oh baby. We woke up in our tents. We uh, were a little hungover, but we're good to go. Yep. You know? Yeah, we're fine. We're going to hop over. I think Mike in the tent next door probably brought uh, some goodies. You know, his his little stove. Yeah. I'll, I can I can cook us up some eggs. <laughs> you know, I love doing that. So and then we'll get we'll get over to the, the we got a couple. Venue. Yeah, we got a couple of Zimas cold from last night. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, we pop, man, that's a deep cut. Put, put on our backwards hats. Is this insulting? It's not. It's, I'm, I am saying it I'm, kindly. I'm loving every single <laughs> second of it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we got a three-set show here, so let's dive right in. Oh, wait, before we before Did we, we say the date over, of the show, just, by the way? I, I wanna, guess we didn't, but it's 8-16-1998. Oh, it's, it's that's correct, Dan. Bonus point. I just want to, before we head over to the venue, I just want to fill up my cargo shorts with... Um, beer yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i need to get the the zip on things for when it gets cold later what do you think the ice situation was like in 1998 because it was pretty dodgy even in uh 2015 for magnum ball so i can't even imagine that's true what the deal was like if they had people um we need a we need an email address uh so people can hit us up and tell us what the what the ice situation was like at 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 the lemon wheel festival (laughs) Uh, hell yeah (laughs) But uh, yeah, we've we've okay. We've done that. We did all the things. We woke up. We we wandered over to the Garden of Infinite Pleasantries. We saw the portalette. We used the portalette pagoda whenever we needed to after all the zima. And we are here for the <laughs> afternoon set in uh, on as you said, August sixteenth of nineteen ninety eight. And we begin with say it. Dan's bluegrass alert. Oh, baby. So, yeah, we begin with Ginseng Sullivan is our opening track. So good. Pretty great. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny to hear as an opener. I was thinking about, um, I know that we talked about uh, some of the other festivals on the first one, but uh, there's, uh, yeah, it, it's funny how uh, at big venues like this in the late 90s, there was sort of a tendency to open um, like large or important shows with bluegrass songs. There's like the Island Tour show where they open oh, with right, yeah. uh or where they have they do mike song you know it's in a mic tree but they do old home place yeah. uh kind of right off the bat um i was thinking about this at, in terms of we don't think about fish in this way generally in terms of like them being like having any kind of nerves or performance anxiety because they seem so comfortable on stage but that was a great point i wonder yeah just performing in front of 70,000 people in temporarily the largest city in Maine. Um, Cake. 
you know, do you do you kind of go out there and go, hey guys, like let's start with something where we can just kind of bang it out, you know? That's a very astute observation, and it's something that like I think I've mentioned to you before, like, and I can't say enough as like a person who really likes bluegrass, like them, they haul, they are, they fucking haul when they play bluegrass songs. So, yeah, that'll definitely warm up your fingers and get you get the jitters out, you know. Yeah, this will be one of the first of many uh, bakery truck songs in this, right? They're hauling buns. Um, there's a lot of that going on. I like it. I um, like it. I actually went with a 3.2 on Ginseng Sullivan just because I actually would prefer it like third or fourth in a set as opposed to an opener. But like I say, I also get the impulse as like a, you know, not that I've performed in front of 70,000 of my own <laughs> devoted fans, but the the uh, the limited amount of experience you and I have on stage, I think there is some comfort in walking up and being like, okay, at least we know we're going to nail right. this. So. Yeah. Uh, this is the fourth version of eight that they played in 1998. But Dan, what is your fan ranking for Ginseng Sullivan? Um, I'm I'm sure that you probably would have guessed it by now, but it is a five. Five or diver. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's. It, I just love bluegrass songs in general, and then no. as I've mentioned before, yeah, surprise. <laughs> the uh, the 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 covers that they choose to do are so specifically awesome, and this is a song that I love their version and the Norman Blake version and it's just a great song and it made me really happy when I listened to it so I was like fuck it you get a five handing those out like candy today just so you know yeah this is I texted you a little bit before we recorded that uh, this might be the hardest I've ever worked on my fin rankings and I still don't I'm still not satisfied with what I ended up on for (laughs) most of the tracks but um you know I'm I'm trying my best uh um yeah, I, I, this is this is pretty good as an opener. I liked it um, in terms of I know like at the It Festival they opened with Daniel saw the stone. They they have a tendency to do this kind Ooh. of, and I think um, we haven't yeah we haven't hit a uh, Kevin Daniel saw the stone <laughs> yet in our journey. That'd but, be great. Um, yeah, it, I understand the impulse to do this, and I also think it just gets people kind of warmed up and into the show. Um, but they are heading right into the show because the next track we hit is Bathtub Gin. Oh, splish splash. <clears throat> this is the seventh <laughs> not a Bobby Darren cover. This is the uh this is the seventh version of Eleven that they played in nineteen ninety eight. Um this is gonna be the first time I mention this and it's gonna come up a few times in this show. This show is the second night obviously of the Lemon Wheel Festival and it bears a more than passing resemblance set list wise to events that happen at the second night of the Great Went. I think at this point in fish fandom, we're pretty used to them having so many different songs that they can shake up the set list, you know, an incredible amount. But yeah, this like fest- for a whole tour, <laughs> for example. <laughs> but um, at this time, I think they were still sort of a little bit working off of the thing of okay, this worked the last time. Not to say it's the same show or the same festival. Obviously, it's not. But um, there were definitely things. I think that there are definitely notes that they're hitting in this show that are similar to the great went. And if I'm being completely honest to our wow. loyal listeners, um, the, the second night of great Went I think is the greatest fish performance of all time. That's not to say my favorite. I think it's the greatest, which I, there's that's 97. It sure is Dan. And, uh, and I have to say that, uh, well, it's been a good podcast, yeah. everybody. I'm going to go <laughs> see you later. Um, <laughs> we'll do it eventually, but, uh, you know, uh, the th- interesting thing about the gin, okay, so the Great Wen version of gin on the, is on the second night, and that is, happens in the second set, and 
there is a cult within a cult of fish fans it's safe to say uh or a tempest within a tempest or whatever you want to say <laughs> that is um that's a little nicer um that believes that version of bathtub gin to be the greatest uh thing that the band has ever played i am not particularly in that camp but i will say that again that's like i think the greatest show they've ever played so this show suffers by comparison but it suffers by comparison to like arguably the greatest performance that they've ever done so i'm hesitant to punish it for not being like the a plus 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 best thing they've ever done and this version of gin is very good i wanted to mention that um i i like that they do this second i like that they come out of the gate and say we're not doing that this year. We're going to burn that right away. You know what I mean? It's almost like burning your timeouts early in a football game. So it's like, we don't even need them where <laughs> like, like gin is not going to chew Andy Reed. <laughs> they don't do. I am the walrus at this show. That's a, that's a real insight anyway. So, uh, uh, but yeah, bathtub gin is great. Um, yeah, I had to mention the great Wen thing. That's going to come up a little bit later on. Um, that's pretty mind blowing. I'm not going to lie. I wrote down a, little, a couple of timestamps. I thought like around the eight minute mark, it, it goes from sort of uh, a traditional version of gin to just kind of heating up. And then I wrote from the nine thirty to like ten thirty to eleven minute mark. There's just some incredible Sammys going on for first time listeners. Yeah. Sammys are Trey and Paige interplay <laughs> because Paige loves Sammys. Um, loves them. I thought this version was really serene and really great. Didn't quite take off, and it's certainly not, dare I say, uh, anywhere near the went version of it. But for coming out of a second slot like this, I really liked it. I really appreciate this version, and I gave it 4.2 fins. How did you wow. rank this Wow. I gave it a 5 because, like I said, <laughs> candy today. Yeah, that's going to um, be like Halloween candy tonight. Mm. It's it's pretty easy. Uh, I ag- totally agree with you, too, with the Sammy's um I love that part. And I actually timestamped uh, 10.30. I just wrote, Leo playing some pretty, which is probably all I could get out. <laughs> you know, like it just, they just sunk in by then. Uh, it, it just, like they just nail, they just get right into it. And they're like, all right, show, here's the show. Let's get it right on the road. And uh, I just, yeah. Oh, and a question. When, did you know when the love to take a bath thing happened? Was that when that started? The fan chant? When did, well, when we did people take... start to? Oh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much mostly a 3.0 invention, I believe. Nice. Yeah, we're so cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, but yeah, other than that, I totally agree with what you were saying about the Serenity and Sammy's. So five, five, big five. Not much, too, not too much extra to add to that. But um, yeah, it's just so good. The thing that I love about gin is that you disappear into it, right? Like you disappear, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm still listening to bathtub gin." I just love when that happens. Thank you, fish. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's got. I I, I really like the feeling of um, leaving that kind of like ramshackle like Rube Goldberg rhythm <laughs> into the into this kind of just open ended like beautiful space. I, that's that's a moment that I always treasure with. With gin and yeah, it's a good version, and uh, it um, I like Trey kind of pushing the transition to our next tune at the end. It kind of it actually works pretty well. It's not like super smooth, yeah, 
but uh, you know, it it, it you you kind of go, is he doing? Oh yes, he is. And yeah, he's hammering it for a minute, like a good like minute, yeah. almost a full minute before that. I don't know if they didn't hear it or if they were like, yeah, let's keep let's keep going on these things, <laughs> exactly. and just did like a yeah yeah exactly like the kind of great thing about being in a jam band where you're like. That's either a good transition or they just didn't know. But the uh, right. <laughs> the, the next track we hit is going to be Rift from the album nope. Rift by the band nope. Fish. Um, this is the Isn't third on version. Hoist? Rift, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you actually got me for I was like, this is like a Houses of the Holy situation. It's, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, well, oh, no, I see what you're saying. No, I just don't know anything. <laughs> um. Rip, this is the third version of Riff they played out of only four in 1998. That's pretty surprising considering how many shows huh. they did. Um, is this like a is Riff like a borderline bluegrass alert? Like, should we do slew, like two notes? Like, boom, boom. There you go. Yeah, maybe it's like a jug band alert. Yeah. Like a... <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And that's it. You only get like four notes. Um, it's almost a bluegrass song, but it, I feel like it's too. Right? Um, it's like, I was thinking about it. It's like, a new grass song. There you go. Because I, it's pretty close to like a. Uh, Jeez, uh, blanking on the name here. Um, the Bella. F- oh, New Bluegrass Revival. Is that their name? Yeah, New Shoot. New Grass Revival. Is that yeah? Yeah, they're fantastic. Um, the Bella Fleck and um, yeah, since I can't remember anyone's name, all of a sudden, uh, Bella Fleck will have to do. Everyone knows that name. That type of music, definitely, because it's like proggy. You know what I mean? There's like a progginess to it. Yeah, Bella's the only. Uh, person I can name from that, but I know I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's Tim. It's Tim, um, the mandolin player that I really like, who also has the Red Knuckles band, um, which is hilarious. His band is hilarious. See, this this they, definitely counts yeah. as a dance bluegrass alert now because you're just dropping like. No, I'm just trying. Tra- well, I'm attempting to drop names. I'm dro- <laughs> they're dropping out of my brain apparently. I was going to uh, very briefly here introduce a concept that I'm going to be using for at least the rest of this show, which is that there are certain songs that I really like, but I have no idea how to rank because they're kind of, as long as they play them normally, I'm like, I don't know if this is like, is should, th- should this be a three because it's just an average or should it be five because it's a five out of five? Cause there's, so I came up with this concept that I'm going to use a little bit, uh, including very very soon <laughs> which is uh i'm gonna say this is an automatic four like if if there's some reason that it's absolutely a five or if there's some reason that like it's a three because they like i don't know screw it up or play it in a weird spot or something but i'm going with <laughs> rift is an automatic four for me <laughs> yeah i actually did also give it a four and i completely agree with what you were saying um as far as like the automatic uh you know as long as they nail it i'm good um, and but it feels I also weird to go shout out yeah, real quick. I just oh you're fine. I just want to say real quick, um, my apologies uh, to New Grass Revival. That Sam Bush is the mandolin player in New Grass, and then Tim O'Brien is the guy I was thinking of. Oh, Tim and O'Brien he, is uh, Hot Rise, right? Is he? Yes, yeah, uh, yes. Nelly, Nelly Kane. Kane, and um, yeah, see, I knew that. he also does Red Knuckles and the Trailblazers, which is like yeah, they're fantastic. So yes, my apologies to the bluegrass community. If, if Mike is listening, listening, we apologize. I'm so Mike. I'm so I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please don't. I'll, please don't be mad at me. Yeah, Rift is great. I'm gonna go automatic four. Probably I will probably give it an automatic four in every single show remaining in the Five Fins podcast unless something crazy happens. Our next, right. our next track, I'm a big fan of, and that song is called "Punch You in the Eye." Words and music Oof. by Mr. Ernesto Anastasio. This is the eighth. Of 12 versions they played in 1998. K-A-2-X-Z-E. I wrote this down as one of the bakery truck songs, because this is Holland Buns, right, immediately. Um, 
<laughs> this is the first of uh, our appearances of a guy saying random letters on the soundboard recording. K-A-2-X-Z-E. Yeah. Um, oh, it's not, it's not, um... I thought that they would be radio call letters. I thought letters, it was like the radio, yeah. But, like, those are, that's not, like, radio call letters are only four. It would be W something something something, right? Oh, yeah. So, it's not the bunny radio thing? Wow, that's cool. Uh, you know what? Nice. It might be, maybe, maybe it has, uh, <laughs> hit us up, folks, fivefinsmailbag at gmail.com. Um, that, we don't have that email yet. But I will make that. I actually have thought about doing it, uh, <laughs> but uh, maybe you're right because maybe like for a, a temporary station it would be K A two X Z E because it does seem like it is somebody a really long yeah title though and I yeah I didn't think about it until you said it and then I was like that does seem like way more letters <laughs> and I think it was still the badger at this point I wasn't the bunny yet but I could be wrong. Oh. Um, I wrote down for the beginning of this. Uh, I mean, first of all, this is great. I really think um, I'm going to be very uh i think I, I think i'm doing due due diligence in this podcast to uh not overrating the 1.0 era versus 3.0 punch you in the eye is a song though i like it at this speed and i like it at this intensity and i think it's hard yes. for them to get to that at this point they can still occasionally <laughs> nail all the notes to it but um this intensity is definitely something that uh you kind of only get in this era of the band and i love that um, i wrote down Kind of like a D- DJ Trey thing at the beginning. He's doing that. Yeah, He's yeah, doing yeah. Like, almost like a record scratch sound on his guitar somehow, which I love. Um, I read somebody on Fish.net one time say this is the greatest song to open a festival, and I'm glad Fish wrote it. <laughs> I just thought that was a great thing that, to say. Yeah, uh, this that's is gonna a pretty be... accurate statement, I'd say. <laughs> and at the, the speed they're doing it, I wrote down that uh, uh, this is the first Trey rapping we're going to get tonight. Wink. There's more coming. Hey. Uh, yeah, this song's great in 1.0. I, I thought this version was awesome, and I gave this five fins. Nice. I also gave it five fins, as I'm sure you expected. Um, <laughs> the thing that I really loved about this version was, um, you know, obviously it is noticeable to some extent 98 versus now when they're playing the fugues or is that what they're called? The Walter White things, fugue states. Um <laughs> They, this uh, one isn't really a fugue. You mean the middle part? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, kind just of the Latin composed jazz. like the landlady type stuff. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you can you can tell you know a little bit, but the thing that really stood out to me in this one is the Ross that he has on his board back then. Like you can hear his compressor so well. Okay. And wow. In this show, like it stands out. And this this song specifically was when I first was like. There's the compressor. I hear yeah, I hear you, Mr. Compressor. I I, I see you there. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm it, I think it was still the Ross. I tried to find it online, but there actually was not like the Trey's Gear page. Uh I think it's just taught like Trey'sGear.net or something. Yeah. Um Trey's Guitar Gear, I think. But it uh yeah, it's it goes from ninety seven New Year's to uh wow. like two thousand. It just skips. 98 so huh. i was like oh well i wonder if he had i wonder how much you cha- maybe he didn't change that much in that time i'm not sure but the um i know the ross compressor the there was the whole story about them bringing it back like the fans bought yeah. him one uh in was that was it 2009 or was it a little bit later um and they engraved they they raised so much money that they had enough money for an engraving and it was like the engraving was um when, and when the moment comes which is awesome because it's and when the moment comes it, to read the words that I engrave, 
you'll find them on the walls right. of the cave. Um, <clears throat> oh, man. Anyway. Fish fans are so cool. We're the coolest group of people out there. Sorry <laughs> to everybody else. You guys just aren't as cool. And it's, it's important okay, like, in we times. We respect you guys. It's important just, in both good and them. bad times to respect how great this community is. Let's put it that way. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, Punch You in the Eye is awesome. This is just such a great uh, time for it. And being in a field with... 69,998 of your other friends, you know. <laughs> it's got to be a good time. Uh, the next one we hit is going to be another automatic four for me. That is Lawn Boy featuring our gotcha. friend uh, uh, Leo as, yeah. our, as our crooner. This is the sixth of ten versions played in 1998. Ooh. I had to look up what Black Oleander was this time. I was like, I've never looked up what that is, and I didn't know what it was. Okay. It's a poisonous plant. I know. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it's a flower, yeah. It's in the book White Oleander, which is fantastic. I love that book. There Shout out go. to that book. Um, and the person who showed it to me. Uh, yeah, I went with a 4.6. So I don't subs- put Lawn Boy in that um, automatic four category. Okay. Just because of the uh, bass solo. Like sometimes it's <laughs> a little bit more melodic than other times. And uh, also... Um, I usually give it a little bit of a boost because it uses beautiful words that I like, as we just mentioned with the black oleander and also olfactory hues. Olfactory hues is still I've even said it before, but like I you though there are certain things when you put them in a song, no one else gets to use those for the rest of forever because they're just used so perfectly. That <laughs> is one of those things. If someone tried to, I would have to send them like an angry worded letter and be like, look. I mean, not angry, but a sternly worded letter that's like, look, I appreciate what you're trying to do. I love four-syllable words and songs as much as the next guy. <laughs> but, like, it's already... They, Vasoconstrictors. They, they just nailed it. Love it. Um, love it. Yeah, I like I like Lawn Boy. This is, a, this is a pretty good placement for it. Um, Chairman of the boards, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I thought that this set takes off in a couple of songs, if I'm being totally honest. Even though I like this first part and I like Punch You in the Eye, this, this, uh, this one and then our next one... I feels like it, this feels like we're doing these songs because we're doing these songs, you know, which is fine. You know, it's early. It's an afternoon set. Oh, well, the next one I okay. when you say the next one, you mean the next song that they play? Am I looking at the wrong? Can I say it? Is it Yamar? Yeah, the next one's Yamar, right? It sure is, Dan. Well, how, I'd, oh, man. This one got a, almost all of my extra fins for wow. the first set. Dude, okay. this version, too. Like, this version is just amazing. Do they do this? Do they? How long is it? It's like 11 minutes, isn't it? It's pretty long. Normal? It's pretty long. Um, in terms of festival versions, I listened to Clifford Ball uh, version, and I would say that one gets a okay. tiny bit extra for me. And also, um, the It Festival version is crazy. Um, okay. So here's let me yeah. let me say this. Here's here's what I love the most about about this version, and it's probably why they do it um, so much at the festivals, like bigger ones at festivals, which I didn't realize. But the song itself, right, and the jamming on it. It sounds like the lyrics to the song. So, like, if you just heard that song separate from the lyrics and you were like, what is this song about? People, I feel like you would be like, oh, it seems like, like a nostalgia type of thing. Like, it just, it just sounds, the jamming and the, it made me feel the song itself. Like, I was like, I feel like I am experiencing these things and it's wonderful and, uh, yeah. So, I gave it some extra. Specifically, it's like a four- four and a half minutes leo is doing these triplets and oh, 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 oh i was i was uh 
doing some of my own triplets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Barely, and, but sure. <laughs> the outro, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know either. The outro of it was just blew me away. How it's like, it's like a trance, you know. And then it obviously hits the normal Yamar outro eventually. But uh, yeah, just I was all about this. I was all about this. <laughs> generally top to bottom but i was like not totally sure where my extra fins were going and we haven't hit them yet yamar yeah i was gonna bring this up i guess i already did it's it seems like a pretty it's it always comes up pretty clutch in festivals like they just love playing it outdoors to a gigantic crowd of people um i know that tom marshall has mentioned that yamar is one of his favorite songs to see in out in an outdoor venue so it is a cover which is the most surprising thing of all time it's a cover of a band called the mustangs um so the story behind that that i remember reading was that Mike was on vacation in the Caribbean, I want to say, and he saw this band live and they blew his mind. And then when he got back to the States, he tried to buy a record and he's like, all the songs were terribly produced except Yamar. So that was like the one we learned because I kept typing them up to the band. (laughs) So that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, this one goes into a little bit of an ambient period or a little bit of a jammy period, um, but not... uh, which you know they would end up taking this to an absolute extreme with if we ever do the it festival that's 100 percent getting my extra fins for sale one that's my favorite version of all time (laughs) they know already um but yeah yamar is great i I went with four and a half now i feel like guilty even though it's only a scale out of five (laughs) um our next track i did give a five to also which is uh acdc bag it slams first of all the jam also slams right into it yeah, that transition is nuts. Which is great. Um, it's not even, it's it's like a fish transition. Like, it's not even a transition. It's just like, and now. Bam, 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 bam. Exactly. Uh, fifth version of actually only seven played in 1998. Um, the two words I wrote down were frenzied greatness. Uh, Trey, <laughs> Trey absolutely is uh, whipped up into a frenzy by the end of this. Um probably gonna bring this up for the rest at some point in the rest of the show but i'll bring it up now this weirdly for a giant festival gig is not um a extremely exploratory show but i feel like all the songs that have kind of the type of jam where the type one jams basically where trey is just soloing his ass off are all they're all great and this is the first of many versions of that i really feel like the this the end of the first set and the second set really start heating up and i found myself when i re-listened to the show waiting to get to this to this version of bag i came very close to giving it my extra fins but i ended up going back and forth and giving it to something else but acdc bag gets five out of five fins from me nice um initially i gave it a 4.4 but now i'm realizing i need to up that so i'm gonna go up to a 4.7 <laughs> uh 
yeah, uh, like you said, by the end of it, Trey is just going nuts. Like, oh my god, just and um, I think I think some of it with me is that, as you know, I uh, love it. I love Bag as an opener, which is I know a, a kind of a stupid like thing to ding such a good version of Bag for, but. There's something to me about yelling, let's get this show on the road yeah. at the start of the show, and I just, I, I need that part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I need that. Okay. And this show's already on the road by the time they get to this. They're like, this show's on the road. Let's, they should have said, let's keep this show on the road. You know, like, <laughs> let's keep going with how amazing this is. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole song is all, um, I want to say, what is it? He had a dictionary of cliches. <laughs> and so yeah. that's why there's so many things in it like I'll show you mine if you show me yours. That's my favorite uh, one. Yeah, um let's get the show on the road. Um time to put your money where your mouth time is. Time to put your God. money where your mouth is. Yeah, they're all they're all like these kind of tired clichés, but when you string them all together it's sort of yeah. you can make I like a weird my, story out of it. the I'll show you mine if you show me yours and um put them in a field and let them fight it out. <laughs> let them fight two, it out. Yeah. That, oh my God, I laugh every time. <laughs> like I just I just can't. It's so good. Um yeah, no, I thought I this 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 one really got me got me going. I I agree with you. I hear you on the uh, opener thing, um, but they weren't opening with it so much at this time anyway. So I'm always hesitant to like punish something for not being like the thing that we expected to be later. <laughs> that it seems I mean, like they a knew weird... they they knew in 1998 that someone would invent something called a podcast and that eventually yeah. we would get to this show. They knew. <laughs> and they also opened second sets with it. So they so they kind of knew what was going on, but yeah, they stuck it in the middle of this one and I really feel like it is almost like an opening to the next part of the set if that makes sense coming out of like the sure. long boy Yamar thing. So that's the way I was looking at it. But um, the next song we hit is uh, is an interesting one. So uh, the next one is Frankie Says. This is the sixth of 14 versions played in 1998. Worth hey. noting worth noting wow. that they have played 16 versions since 1998 <laughs> total. So oh, that's actually more than I would have guessed. Not going to lie. Me too. I, I would have said like six. You know what I mean? It seems like an yeah. extreme rarity, but... Yeah, they played sixteen since ninety eight. They played a they played a bunch in in ninety nine too. So I guess that kind of uh, accounts for it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I have sure. a couple yep. things I need to bring up here right off the bat. The uh, you and I went, you and I and the, and the silent third podcaster Mike attended Magnaball <laughs> in twenty fifteen, and we went yeah, to we the uh, yeah we did, and uh, we went to the. It was our first Magnaball. It was our first one, and <laughs> they uh, <laughs> number one, and they uh, there was that name that song like um oh yes and i didn't enter that contest and it's one of the biggest regrets of my whole life i was uh, telling you to yeah it was uh and they played um frankie's i'll never forget this they played frankie says and nobody could get it and i was just i was just jumping out of my skin and then somebody <laughs> said like can i get a hint and and the person said relax and i was like if you can't get i just wanted to stand up and be like if you can't get it on that hint then then get the fuck off the stage like i don't understand um <laughs> <laughs> uh it was uh, yeah that was that's bummer i also wanted to shout out the um uh there's this, the npr show from 1998 uh i didn't write down the day of that but that was the time that they interviewed um uh or, oh, sorry shit. david david byrne interviewed the band and they played in front yeah. of a small studio audience in new york they do frankie says that's a really great youtube video and you know i am in no place to confirm or deny rumors that John Fishman had ingested mushrooms before the show, but when you watch that performance, he does not <laughs> seem like a man 
who is completely sober. That's a great mm. show. I definitely recommend that. They play a crazy version of Taste also in that show. Um, I think this is actually a pretty underrated rarity. I feel like nobody ever Agreed. really talks about it. I, I've always Agreed. been a big fan of Frankie Says. I, I love the... Uh, I love the wordplay, you know, it's a song about relax, and then they clearly must have just gotten around, you know, what are we going to name this thing and say, uh, yeah. and say, oh, Frankie says, well, that'd be hilarious, you know, uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood reference. And um, it is, it is hilarious. <laughs> um, I went back and listened to um, friend of the podcast, Tom Marshall's, <laughs> if we say it, it's, <laughs> if we keep saying it, it's going to come true. That's um, how it works. <laughs> um his under the scales podcast he did with trey about the story of the ghost sessions and uh he mentions that frankie says came out of the jams they did at bearsville studio uh that came out most of which came out as the sicket disc but i guess the songs that they ended up writing around tom's poetry made it onto the album so frankie says um was one of those ones they also did another they there were also other sessions and and before and they wrote songs after that but of the sick of his sessions that made it on to story of the ghost, which came out in 1998, uh, Frankie says, I think is, I think that might be the only one that came out of those jams that actually made it on that album wow. and not the sick of disc. Um, and I, you can get, you get a feel that, uh, Frankie says had the sick of disc not been an all instrumental album. I could definitely hear Frankie says, you know, making it as a track on that oh, man, album. That'd be sweet. Even as a closer to that album, that would be sweet. Yeah. I, yeah, it almost gets buried on, on story of the ghost. Um, but I uh, I love Frankie says this is great I, and I did, I gave it a five. Nice. I gave it the rest of my first sad extra fins. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't know how much I loved this song because they obviously I have obviously not seen it so I hadn't listened to it really. <laughs> and oh my god! And I was gonna. It's funny because I was gonna say they should bring it back and then literally they played it like two days after they, i wrote that they down. did I was yeah like, they should play it again and then they were like oh how about like a 19 minute version of it and i was like whoa okay well you know this is like the mr completely thing like i i'm sure they're not listening to the podcast but there's some eerie coincidences guys like we need to know we need to know yeah, where these seriously, things come from. seriously need to know um yeah and they just it's just such a cool song and it's you know relax and you just feel so relaxed I didn't know uh, that it was the whole Sick of Disc thing, which, as you know, Sick of Disc is my favorite yeah. studio album. It really encapsulates I don't even know like how that, to describe it. Yeah, it, it encapsulates a lot of that 1998 like jamming sound, but it's like they turned yeah. it, jam- it. I mean, and that's what the Sick of Disc is, was literally them. Um, right. They set up in the Bearsville studios and said, like, you know, we want to just, let's just, you know, they recorded it, but it was just sort of like a let's go jam just to get a live feel in this studio and came out with, like, yeah, that's probably an album. Hey, maybe that's a song you can put on the <laughs> album, you know? So, um, I, I love Frankie Says. I, I think Me it's too. an underrated song. Um, I will love it forever. It's so, yeah, it is. It's super underrated. That's probably why I, I like it so much. Great is lyrics, because too. It, like, came out of, yeah. Which coming out of that, that jam, like that sound of jamming, that style of jamming that they do, coming out of that style, like, you know, everything, it's just so cool. It seems like one that they could uh, utilize coming out of jams in like a second set, you know, like doing like a 20 yeah. minute tweezer and then being like, hey, let's do, but I, I yeah, feel like they don't do- Yeah, instead of going into taste, they go into Frankie Says, I like it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it like, it feels like a, uh, it feels like one that- would fit well in that slot as opposed to doing it like in a first set where they, I think they usually do it, but 
Um, you know, I'm not going to tell them how to do their jobs. That's that's not what I'm in, I'm here to do. Uh, <laughs> the next song we hit is Birds of a Feather. This is the 15th version <laughs> of Birds of a Feather. They, of 27, they did in 1998. They were not shy about playing Birds of a Feather. They were all over this uh, in its uh, debut year. Um, yeah. When do you know uh, approximately when it like when it debuted that year? What day? Yeah. I don't know. Is oh. that my question? Gotcha. God yeah, it is. damn it. <laughs> I um, It was going to be something else, but I couldn't figure out how to. I was going to ask you what the <laughs> first song that they, like the first debuted song was of 1998. And it is Birds of a Feather in a way. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But it was at the uh, the start of the island tour. They, oh, they right. Yeah. Um, yeah they played it in the second set right before... Frankie says, which is the second song that debuted in 1998, unless you count them doing New York, New York on what would technically be 1998 oh. in for New Year's. For I was New like, Year's. I don't know. Yeah. I went and checked, too. I was like checking the third set. I'm like, let's see if there's anything there that's actually like a, a, a debut. And then I was like, oh, no, well, I guess not. So let's do that. That Yeah, that, that, that barely counts. <laughs> so... Probably surprisingly, but I, I I don't know what else to say. I I can't I can't prevent this from being the truth, which is that Birds of a Feather is the song that I gave my extra fins to for set one. Nice. Um, I feel like this is like the best jamming they do in this set, even though they do other normally jammier songs. Um, and this is really just a type one version of Birds of a Feather, but I just thought that. This has a really, really great jam to it, probably because they had already played it 14 times <laughs> in the year, so they were pretty ready <laughs> to go with it. Um, I thought for songs that are on Story of the Ghost, uh, this one and the next one are both like sort of the anomalies of that album, where they sort of don't seem like they fit the general vibe of what the band was at that time, because Birds of a Feather always seems uh, spiritually to me like a cousin to Chalk Dust Torture, sort of yeah, the same like that. kind of energy. and. I I just love it. And uh, Trey's all over it. solo in sort of the same way he does i went between this and bag to be honest and i ended up with birds of a feather as my number one choice but i would i would take those two and like you said i would even probably put <laughs> yamar and frankie says close yeah they're so good um so you know we're talking about some primo late 90s fish festival stuff like we're we're you know this is uh we're in the cream of the crop here so oh boy are we uh but i i try i abided by the rules and I only gave one song uh, extra fins, so I went with Birds of a Feather for for my nice. choice. I did. I should just tell you, I did not abide by the rules. That's fine. At all. That's good. That's um, our dynamic. You're the. I bad still boy. did give. 
I did, yeah, hi, right? <laughs> I did still give uh, Birds of a Feather a five, though. And uh, this is one that, like, took me a minute to come around to as a song. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I think it's just because it's so, f- like, frantic, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of was like, ah! But uh, I think I mentioned it before, like, the very beginning of it sounds like birds, which I think is just fucking genius. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this this version was fantastic. And, I yeah, the conversion for me happened in, uh, what was the Alpine? Was it Alpine? Where they did like the with the with the first time they did the uh, birds the birds birds the yeah. feather thing. Uh, no, it was that. like the huge no the huge jam they did. It was like a twenty three minute version. Oh, in twenty nineteen, like you mean? Or, yes, that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, that when the when I listened to that, I was like, okay, I get you. Um, but I actually took the time to learn how to do an impression of um John Fishman's arms during his forearms during uh, Birds of a Feather. Okay, ready? <laughs> okay. Ah! <laughs> I'm melting. God, it <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I feel like we should mention on the video. <laughs> first of all, God bless, Aculus bless, whoever videotaped this thing. I can't even imagine hauling a VHS camcorder yeah. around for like nine hours or wow. whatever it is. Uh, 12 hours on the grounds or whatever. But um, they also, the guy standing in front of him wearing an Abercrombie and Fitch hat, and it just says Ann Fitch on the back. <laughs> and he's just like, he's just ducking that guy left and right. And like, if he moves left, he goes to Fishman on the right side of the stage. And if he moves right, he goes to Trey or Paige. It's yeah, like, he it's great. So it's incredible. Smooth. It's like, like, the, like I, I, yeah, like Stanley Kubrick would have been impressed but with this guy's camera work. It's, it's insane. It's legitimately smooth enough that I forgot that that was a thing until uh, I was watching it earlier. And I was, I, I didn't see the guy. I just remembered. I was like, oh yeah, there's a guy in the way. This dude is just that good at avoiding him. This is amazing. Birds of a Feather is great and a great uh, 1998 tune. Um, and so is the next one, which is Gaiuti. Oh. Gaiuti uh, obviously had debuted way, well before this, but uh, is on the Story of the Ghost album. This is the 10th version of 20 that they performed in Holy shit. 1990. I know. Don't you wish they played 20 versions of Gaiuti? Wow. I would take it every year, but... Uh, Ugly uh, pigs. Yeah, I was going to say at the beginning here, so Trey, you can very audibly hear Trey say, Ugly pig? Ugly pig? Oh, yeah. And you then hear Paige, do that? And then I, Paige I hear goes, the one later, the other one later. And you hear Paige go, Yeah, sure. Then he goes, Ugly oh, pig? Suck. Oh, that's so good. Um, Ugly pig? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like I said about Birds of a Feather, kind of like a different type of, definitely a very different type of song than everything else that's on, on that album, but follows the normal uh you know trey always gets his composed song rule of fish albums yeah uh i went with five fins this version's flawless uh and i feel like agree it might be do you think gaiuti is like strangely underrated almost in terms of fish fandom i'm not saying it's it's low rated but right when we think about our favorite songs like yem reba all this stuff Gaiuti, it doesn't have the jam section at the end appended to it, like a hood, Reba, Slave, Yam. Right. But it's, God, it's so beautiful. It's just, it's just amazing. And obviously it's the one he chose to, you know, work with the symphony orchestra to create. And he's done the orchestral versions that have the My Friend, My Friend part in the middle and all of that stuff. And just, he's, uh, I think Trey is keenly aware this is one of the greatest things he's ever written. And, and I agree with him. Yeah, I also agree with him. He is correct when he thinks that. It's so, yeah, it's super cool. And the uh, 
the thing that I, like you were saying, it it just it, it it exemplifies Fish's ability so much. This song because like even the slow part like releases in like a huge release. Like what other band do you know that could just make a, like a slow yeah. thing release like a freaking fireball? Duh, I don't. Duh, I don't really know that man. Yeah, it's so good. Also, I lo- every time they go into like the jig, like it's almost like you can just hear someone yelling and you're like, "Fucking dance!" <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one of the it's one of the signature great Trey composition songs for sure, and in every way. Um, this is gonna be the first of two songs like that in the show where. I really want to laud them without being able to say anything outside of that, you know, like just being <laughs> like, yeah, this is a great song. It's solidly composed and uh, just go listen to it and yes. I'll shut the F up about it. But no, Gaiuti is amazing and it's a great way to kind of get towards the close of this set for sure. But we do have one crowd pleaser to go, which is the song Possum. Uh, <laughs> this is the seventh version of 15 performed in 1998. <laughs> we get 15 and a half minutes of possum. That's, uh, it's, a, it's a bunch. It's a lot of possum. Our friend Randy, this is his favorite song of all time. So shout out to him. He loves it. Love you, can't, can't get enough of it. No, I was actually, I wanted to pose this question. Do you think... Randy would rather listen to 15 and a half minutes of possum or just get kicked squarely in the nuts. Oh, he'd listen to the music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I, I gave this a four. I I like, I like possum. Um, Nice. I I like possum. Um, This is is just them having fun at the end of the set. I don't think I ever need 15 minutes of possum <laughs> ever yes. in the history yes. of ever. And I, and I say that as somebody who's like later on in this show podcast, I should say uh, going to complain about, or not complain, but going to say I could use more of a jam that's 20 minutes long. So I'm not against the idea of length in fish shows. I think that's safe to say at this point, you know, nine hours into our podcast or whatever. I'm a pretty big jam hunter, but possum's one where I'm like, they could have, you know, uh, ten minutes is good. We're good. We're good with ten minutes. I don't need the extra. Yeah. Five. Um. Yeah. No. I got. We got to get back to the tent and uh, you know. Get yeah. Some we got to get more water some, yeah. before it's, we come back. It's like the sun's just going beers. down. You know. Yeah. I'll say this: a tour where there are more gaiutis than possums. That sounds like something I would really, <laughs> really enjoy. More pigs than possums. That's our goal. More pigs than possums. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I was going to make a funny joke about Gaiuti, and I forgot to. Uh, shout out to Gaiuti for being um, the first uh, organ donor to donate his kidney to a human. That joke failed. That's a stupid joke. You can keep it in as as a, as a stupid joke. That was pretty bad. What if I edited it in with like a huge fake laugh? Will that will that be? Even that bad? would be that hilarious. That is going to round out our set one. So as Trey would say, wrap it up. We're gonna take a break, but we have a lot more podcast. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you in fifteen minutes. We'll be right back Psych. with more five fins. <laughs>
We visited. Thanks the, for hanging out. Yeah, we visited the Garden of Infinite Pleasantries. Pretty sweet. The um, pond that the steam comes out of. I don't know if those were at the same place or were they at different places. I don't really know, but no idea. Um, we didn't have to use the portal at Pagoda. We made it to the regular ones this time. <laughs> <laughs> Although the portal at Pagoda was not functional, thank goodness. Um, yeah, the dodged a bullet on that one. But uh, we've we've got a couple zemas in us that the sun has gone down. <laughs> Everybody needs to drink every time I make a zema joke. That's so good though. Can you still buy zema? Can you like go to I a? Have no idea. I don't even know what it is. It's, it's like Smirnoff, it. right? It's like a malt thing. Yeah, or I think it's like the original Smirnoff ice. Right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so shout out to we're, that. We're too young to know. <laughs> this episode. This episode, by the way, is brought to you by Zima. Dan. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they should break into uh, if they're still around. They should break into podcast advertising, as like an ironic thing. Yeah. That'd be fun. Has I don't think I don't think it still exists though. So might be a bummer. Well, for if them. anyone works at Zima and <laughs> listens to this podcast by some crazy happenstance, email us at five fins mailbag <laughs> at gmail dot com. That's p h i v e p h i n s. I told somebody about the podcast the other day, and they were like, "What's it called?" And I was like, "Oh, I really do have to spell this every time. That was a bad I know, but you right? know." It's Five dedication. Inch, it's dedication to the craft. Uh, our f- second set of the second night of the storied Lemon Wheel Festival begins oh, with "Down with Disease." This is God the tenth damn. version of "Down with Disease" that they played out of sixteen in nineteen ninety-eight. If you're keeping track at home, that means they played Gaiuti more than "Down with Disease." Can you Jesus. imagine that now? That would nope. they, they would need to be hypnotized by aliens to do that. Um, <laughs> That'd uh, be a, it would be a conspiracy on on.net <laughs> like what's going on <laughs> there's some problem or it'd be like some joke about like pigs or them playing right. on a pig farm or something out of it there have to be some reason um i uh, this is a great version of disease um disease was uh kind of in an interesting place in in the late 90s obviously there's a bunch of iconic versions from 1997 uh 98 there's there's definitely a handful um i think it's probably actually weirdly not like disease's biggest year particularly considering like the 90s in general um it it was ramping up from being similar to the version of hoist in the mid 90s similar to the version on hoist uh you know they played that way in the mid 90s and then kind of ramped it up jam wise heading to the late uh 90s here but i don't associate 1998 with being a specifically huge year for download disease but there's obviously great versions there's a great version from 1230 of that year um, that also goes into our next track. So uh, I really liked this version of uh, Disease. It has, um, similar to the jamming that we heard in the Tweezer of Night One, and then also a lot of the uh, jamming in this period on the bigger jam vehicles, which is that it kind of starts in a uh, sort of frenzied, fast tray mode and ends up getting kind of slower and slower and funkier and uh and and groovier over time gorgeous Uh, fishman is really busy on this version Um, i wrote down the 13 minute and 40 second mark kind of begins our descent into that stuff the downward kind of down tempo funk and then by about the 17 minute mark it settles into a nice like really cool different funky groove um so it is definitely a type 2 version They, they jam it out quite a bit um this is the one I was referencing earlier. Even though it's almost 20 minutes long, I could have used another five minutes of that last part of it. Um, but 
that might just be kind of the 3.0 fan in me talking. Um, I, this is a great version of Disease, but um, I went with a 4.2 fins for it. Huh. I gave it a 5. Um, <laughs> like the candy. thing with this, to yeah, baby. it's it's they're coming. They're, it's ca- the Candyman can. <laughs> Uh, who can take a disease, <laughs> slap it with a five, <laughs> use a bunch more throughout the set and the whole night? Dan can. The candy Dan. The Dan. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I gave it a five. I totally lost track of what I was listening to while it was playing, and as soon as I remembered that Were I you was eating chocolate? To, to disease. No, yeah. I was cooking. Uh, I, well, yeah, I was also eating chocolate. That's, yeah, that's true. Um I just like literally was like, all right, well, that's going to be a five because I thought I was like four songs deep into the second set and just didn't even realize I was still in a disease. So bang, slapped you with a five, almost gave it extra fins, but I didn't. I'm sure you already know what's going to happen with my extra fins for this set. And you're right. Um, I, ha- I have some ideas. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The transition I- is great, too. I love this transition. Yeah, it this whole the whole kind of uh descent into the funky jam part and then into Piper, which is our next track, is yeah. really great. Um super great. So great in fact, it reminded me of something. Yeah. So Piper, the transition into Piper, right? Okay. It's a lot like Dark Star. Okay. <laughs> it's it's just exa- it's you could almost call it just exactly perfect. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's it they start somewhere else. They give it a little bit of a riff. You hear the riff coming. You get some words, and then poof, yep. you're off into 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 the nether world, into whatever may come from there. I like to think of it the like the transitive nightfall of diamonds, if you will. Yeah, it's similar. You know what I like to think of is uh, how if you're ever watching, like um, I don't know if you ever watched like um, professional cycling, but like the peloton. You know how when. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I can't even pull it up. Um, uh, That's pi- fantastic. Pi- this is a great version, though. I did give it my. Um, I gave it my extra fins. Some some extra fins. Really, there's a lot of extra fins. Yeah, yeah, I love Piper. I fucking love Piper and Caspian. Those the two P songs there that like are just bombs. Like they can just bomb like huge, awesome jams. I just love how beautiful it is. And also this version, Leo in the intro is just like, listen to me. And I was like, okay. I'm gonna. I'll do that. I will listen to you. Yeah. I, I, he pulled me right in, just when I thought I was out. He pulls <laughs> me back in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is kind of the the slow building, uh, giant crescendo version of Piper that would, kind of generally be, um, the version they would play in this time period. It also has that little ending coda, which, um, you know they they kind of discontinued. Um. Again, with kind of what I was saying earlier, is even like so Dark far, we're, we're two songs. <laughs> 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 we're two songs into the second set, and um, there's still not a ton of like exploratory jamming happening. Um, and I and I and I know that uh, somebody uninitiated or would just in general listen to a 20 minute version <laughs> of Down with Disease and be like, "What are you talking about?" But uh, in terms of the, some of the things that they were capable of at this time, this is still pretty it's pretty standard. Uh, beginning to a second set here. Um, I went with four on Piper. I, I like the slow building Pipers, and it's definitely a good hallmark at this time. And the patience that they have with it, and compared to, like, if you were to kind of, uh, you know, on the scrubbing bar on, like, one of the streaming apps, go from the beginning <laughs> to the end, 
and just see like the how different like they're almost playing it so softly you can barely tell what's happening and by the end it is just a full-on like Jimi hendrix yeah. level crazy madness thing happening yep. um so you know i mean i love that and and that's not an easy thing to accomplish i think in front of especially in front of a huge audience like this to really build it that far down and then go back up i think it's easy to just play like at mach five you know the entire time and so um <laughs> yeah you know i i respect it definitely from that perspective but um yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of Piper, I mean, I, I I like it. Um, I I think I actually like it a lot more what they do with it in the modern era, just because they're able to, they pretty much start at the end part, <laughs> you know, and then uh, jam it into something else, um, that's a little bit more exploratory and kind of type two, whereas this is sort of very sort of straightforward, but, um, not trying to rain on your parade. Just just no, just, you can't. This one man's is unrainable. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, Explicit. do you can you tell what people are trying to yell at the beginning of the Piper track? There's a very clear no. moment where, um, a bunch of people are yelling something, and I couldn't I make out what they were yelling. Was. Piper. They better have been yelling Piper. Well, the song's already kind of going on, but it seems like they're yelling something else, but I can't tell. And then everybody cheers, so I don't know if they're, you know, it's something that was happening at the time. I'm not yeah. positive. Who knows? Um, our next track. Oh my god. <laughs> That's all you need to know right there. Our next track That's is it. Ghost, which appears on Oof. the album The Story of the Ghost that came out in 1998. <laughs> this is the 10th version of 19 done in 1998. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, not man. A, not afraid to play it in this time. Um Oh my god. I'm so just, there was Yeah, good uh, 20 Gaiutis and 19 yeah! Wow, that's right. Wow, they out, have a lot of listening to do. They out Gaiuti. They yeah, Gai, man, they were all over Gaiuti. I love it. Um, I mean, uh, this gets my extra fins for set two. Uh, yeah, that's I can fair. say I can say that right <laughs> out of the gate. Um, in terms of, I was just saying the uh, potential lack of exploratory jamming. Boy, do they make up for it with Ghost. Um, Seriously, you can I, smell this jam. You know what I mean? Like you can smell this song happening. You, I, I literally was like, I feel that I am there. I can yeah. smell this amazingness. Go, oh, God. It's God, sorry, uh, continue. Fuck, it, it's so fucking good. It's, 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 it's a lot. A bunch. A bunch. stamp it a little bit so fi- the five minute mark uh kind of right around the when the jam is beginning M- mike doing the melody that's how you know it's getting real oh. where he just does the dun, 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 on the bass yeah. you're like oh okay you're ready to go um <laughs> about a minute later the six minute mark 
Fishman kind of gets into this, I wrote down kind of like a wavy groove, and I don't mean wavy like uh, necessarily the song waves, though a little, maybe a little bit like that, but... Oh, um, no, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I get it. it it's like uh, floating in the ocean, and it's just a very nice light, like there's not big waves, but you're just kind of feeling that, oh, here it comes in, there it goes, and you know, and uh, yeah. beginning around the eight and a half minute mark, uh, Sammy's with Paige on the electric keys. The keyboard he plays like the 2001. Well, we'll get to that. Um, Dude. Uh, God. And that leads kind of into the nine 9.30 to 13 minute like major bliss part. They're changing keys. Now we're definitely in the type two uh, area. In, <laughs> for those curious about what, <laughs> since we never explained what type one and type two are, type one being they kind of always play the same. Like, like Piper would be a good example where it changes in intensity. But right. you could you could literally map out the chords. You could say, "Oh, yeah. I know what chord they're on," and then uh, you know, yeah, right around type one is like I'm fiddling with my belt, and then type two is like <laughs> my two. pants are off and I'm spinning them above my head. Type two is getting yeah. Type two is like, do you want another glass? Or type one is like, do you want another glass of wine? And then type two is like forty <laughs> minutes later. Uh the nine nine and a half to uh, thirteen minute we get that like major bliss section which is great. Um, around the thirteen minute mark, it really starts to build in intensity in a way that I love, and we're yeah. still kind of in that major key thing. And then um, I wrote down thirteen forty like there's kind of this wall of ambience happening, which is partially Trey I think having some loops on stuff and also the synthesizers. But then he kind of pokes through with a little bit of a different like guitar tone where you're like, oh, there he is. <laughs> you know after it's so good um yeah. and then around like sixteen fifteen, getting toward the end of the jam um he hits that sort of funk chord that he hits like on all the 97 90 that wow like sound while the band is still kind of locked into the major ambience part and like we said earlier i think like when they were going into like rift coming out of um the gin where you're not exactly sure if the band notices that he's doing it or not but the juxtaposition itself sounds really good um yeah, I can't say enough about this. Uh, it's uh, it's where the second set, and really, I would say this is probably, of the two nights we've listened to, my favorite improvisational moment outside of the ambient jam from night one. So Ooh, Ghost gets all siren. of my extra fins for set two. Nice. Yeah, that funk siren in the beginning, though, yep. right? Like, it just sets you up, and you're like, there's only two things that could be happening right now, right? Or <laughs> maybe three. And and then he, the, you hear the guitar, and you're like, oh, my God, let's do this. <laughs> and then it just goes. You, from around, like, the 13-minute mark there, uh, it's it's like sort of Darkfish, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit of Darkfish. Like, yeah. God, I love Darkfish. Also, who loves Darkfish is our good friend Mike, which is who I was thinking of him, like, the whole second half of this. I was like, man, yeah. Mike would love this. This is right up his alley. It sure is, yeah. That's so, yeah. I'm sure so he hasn't good. even listened to Lemon Wheel, too. Like, we have to get him on the pod just to get him to listen to other shows, you know? Oh, man, that'll be the great went one. <clears throat> um, Let's do it. But I gave it, so I gave uh, Ghost eight and a half fins. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Yeah, I, 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 threw all of, I threw a bunch of Matt Piper, and then I was like, all right, look, I, I need a couple back. <laughs> for for the next for what's about to happen this yeah that this ghost was it was just so good like man yeah and cutting, I, it's one of the ones that i went back and listened to also um the the glow stick war that's happening in the youtube video man i mean wow this just like we've seen some glow stick wars but this this looks like and the thing is that like you can clearly see a ton of them in the video which as you know is what maybe like a third of the actual 
number that are going on yeah. like that you don't see and wow yeah i was like that would have been something the, to, the visual uh, element hold. of it just to have i'm so glad that there's like that because it also does really it, it, it totally it, it shouldn't it doesn't totally alter like obviously you'd listen to this and be like it's great but to just kind of, kind of see what it was actually like and like the way kind of yeah like the lighting is still like so minimal in a way compared to now like the stage lighting yeah but, like it, it just everything is is so yeah you, you just that vibe you can tell you can get it through i think the the video in a different way and uh oh man yeah it's uh it's really intense and then obviously that will continue with the third set for sure i think that that oh man that that set definitely benefits from seeing th seeing it as opposed to just listening to it where you know you might miss parts of it's like what's happening but when you see what's happening you go oh that's why the crowd's reacting that way um <laughs> yeah i i can't say enough about this ghost this is this is amazing obviously we're in like a pretty primo period for ghost here in the beginning in the you know uh beginning in 97 yeah uh, this yeah. version's better than the than the great went version which they did on night one of that festival um yeah i mean this is uh this is where you want. This is where you want your ghosts right here, and I and I love the new versions too. But you know, um, gotta love it. Uh, and you also have to I love do. our next track. Yes, you do. And if you don't, oh, you can just go ahead and shut the podcast off right yeah, now. Yeah, you're not a friend. Go on with you, your life. Yeah, why? Why would you not? Godspeed. Anyway, continue. It's Fluffhead. <laughs> uh, this is the fifth of seven versions played in 1998 ka2xze um we get more call letters <laughs> yeah. uh yeah it's uh i i just wrote down five for this and uh yes. you know i didn't write down a lot else again i was saying that about uh guy Udi also where they are still at a especially coming off of a thing like ghost where you can hear that type of exploratory jamming and then followed by something like this, that is so incredibly rigorous and complex and they nail every Ooh. single second of it. Yeah. I mean, I just, that's all. I don't, I don't have anything to say other than there aren't a lot of bands in the world that can do this. There just aren't, <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to, yeah. be, we're doing a podcast about fish and uh, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously gushing over them all the time, but like th this is something where, you know, there's just, there's a lot of bands that can do, um, you know, one uh, or another of these things well, but to do, be able to do both of these things at this level in front of seventy thousand people, you know, they, there's they, it's. Uh, I mean, I love the Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead couldn't play a song like Fluffhead. They couldn't. I mean, no. they, if you gave them a hundred tries, they couldn't nail it. So, uh, well, I might have to cut that out. I'm try not trying. I'm not trying to ostracize. I love them, but I'm just saying we're not. Yeah, this we're not is fighting insanely. With the this yeah. is an insane level of talent. And I think now Fish is a little bit more like the dead in a way. You know what I mean? They've slowed down some of this stuff. Now when they play yeah. Kipo stuff, it's a little bit more well, Terrapin yeah. Station-ish, I mean, you know? Oh, but, baby. But it's like, you know, which is a great song, but like they they would, they're able to play it at a certain speed. You know what I'm trying to say? So Fluffhead is, yes. is one that I think, um, yeah, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about Fluffhead. So I gave I mean, it five fins. Yeah, I imagine in this era, it's an auto five, right? That they just Pretty nail much. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's just so crazy. And the one that always gets me too is coming out of the compose section with the bum 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 bum, and then this, you know, you feel it. The crowd just go nuts. Everyone's yelling. But fun story for this one. Um, I was obviously listening at work, and um, you know, I like to sing while I am 
at work and I like to dance and such and fluff is one of the songs that is perfect for both of those things. Now, something <laughs> for those that who don't people, know, Dan is a yeah. professional surgeon. Yes, I <laughs> I had knives. I did have knives in my hands technically <laughs> cooking. The person cooking your food is dancing the fish. <laughs> just so you know, people. Dan is a um, is a brain surgeon, uh, but he was dancing. I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm lucky they survived. Um, it's anyways, so stupendous living in this too. So one of the uh, servers, right on the other side, is is uh, apparently. You mean the doctors? Uh, was, one of the other doctors. Was, yes, one. Of, well, well, the, they served the me my uh, yeah. uh, weapons. Are they called weapons that you cut people open? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, they don't so teach you that in medical school. I don't blame I you just, for not knowing. I let loose during the banker has powerful pills yeah i was so loud and I, I just like look and one of my co-workers is just looking at me like she's relatively new and she's just looking at me like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> and why is he so insane oh, like how is God. that and everyone else is you know laughing along like oh there's dan he's listening to fish very clearly because he's louder than all of the other times she, that he she's plays on music She's on Indeed in the background, like, I'm going to post my resume again. This, I don't know about yeah, this. Yeah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hilarious. You would have loved to be there. I just love yelling that type of stuff. I imagine that someone eating uh, out there was like, did someone in the kitchen, they just turned to whoever they're eating with, and they were yeah. like, I think someone just yelled, I sure have some powerful pills, and then yelled, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was great. I love that song. Yeah. I love Fluffette. You know what? Seven, seven, seven fins. Fair. I'm going up, just because it's so good in my brain right now. Just I'm thinking about it right now. I know. <laughs> let's just let's just pause the podcast and just listen to Fluffette. No, I mean just, it's um. Let's just have a moment for <laughs> for Fluffette. Yeah, I mean you mentioned the era too. I mean uh, the unfortunate thing, of course, was that uh, Fish stopped playing Fluffhead. In they didn't play a version from 2000 until they reunited in 2009, um, and I I think I might have mentioned this before on another episode I can't remember but um, there's a interview that's really hard to find now but it was a podcast done by like I think it was called Fretboard Journal in like 2011 and it's an interview with yeah Mike. I do know that podcast yeah and oh yeah and he says uh, the interviewer asks him. Um, what were some of the ones that were, you know, when you guys got back together were like the tougher ones to, to learn when you came. And it's like, before he can put a question mark on the sentence, Mike's like Fluffhead was one. (laughs) And, uh, and what he said was, and I think this is when he said this, um, I've always thought about this when I listen back to the song, which is, uh, he's like, no one part of the song is particularly complex, but when you put all of those parts together, it's hard to remember. I think particularly like with the baseline, he's like, it's hard to remember like which, you know, and then he says something that was also interesting. He's like, uh, he's like the stuff that Ernie and Trey composed together. Ernie Styers and, and his Trey's mentor, and uh, right, and uh, and Trey, <laughs> who's also named Ernie. I've always also thought, Ernie. Yeah. Um, he, and he said, you can hear an intention, but they never really go there. You know, <laughs> so there's always these these moments where you like your brain would naturally resolve to something, but then you don't get that, you know, <laughs> opportunity. So those are two things about Fluffhead. I think wh- whenever I hear it, I'm always like, yeah, it's true. It's like you could, you're, you're right on the cusp of something where you think, oh, that's, I've heard that before, but you haven't heard it before, you know? And uh, all the, just how, how many different parts, there's got to be what, like 
like 18 different like sections of it or something you know so it's it's crazy and then uh trey coming out of this uh in the section in the section known as the arrival aka the fluff head part at the end uh, he uh rips an amazing 1998 solo going back to the kind of thing about you know the uh kind of birds of a feather acdc bag uh level piper level stuff so you go oh yeah right they were just doing that and then led us down this garden path of incredible um Composed sections. Yeah, I think we. I, I I don't know how much more uh, I have left to uh, to say about Fluffhead. I feel like uh, I feel like we've nailed this as. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> as that's we got that one. Go listen to Fluffhead. just go listen to Fluffhead from Lemon Wheel, but really from this or wherever from wherever. <laughs> honestly, I still get chills when I when I watch Hampton. the Hampton one. It's just still yeah. so. I wasn't even there, Ooh. but it's so emotional. Um, our next track is also emotional, um, and a good song, which is when the circus comes to town. What a good song. One, uh, yes, it's a cover of Los Lobos, who's a great band. Um, if you've never checked out the album that that's on, I actually listened to that not that long ago, and it's great. They are a fantastic band. I want to say the album is called Kiko. Um, they're, they're a fantastic group and still out there doing it. Um, David Hidalgo, what a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the sixth version, sixth version of Nine that they played in 1998. I love this placement. I love it coming after Fluffhead as a cooldown yep. in the second set. Yeah, I'm about to have bad words about a placement coming up, but this is a placement that I really like. <laughs> um, I went with a 4.5 on this, although now as I'm thinking about it, I don't know. This is another one where I was like, is this an automatic 4? Is Should this be an automatic 5? Um, yeah. In this placement? It should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick to my guns, but I I love uh, I love uh, I love this, and obviously it works well when yeah. the circus literally has come to town in Maine. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's such a perfect cover for them, right? Like it's one of those ones where uh, it has like that almost mystique where you you know if someone if I that heard fish do this and someone was like, yeah, this is a fish song, I'd be like, oh cool. Yeah, it's fish. But it's not. It's a cover. And then always it just fits so perfectly with them. I love that idea of it being able to fit perfectly with them. And I also think that because of how they can do a cover that y- maybe you could convince me was a, um original, just like Yamar or something, I think it really says something about Tom and Trey and just the band in general. Like their lyrical abilities – and they're just nuance abilities that, like, you hear a song and you, and you don't think to yourself, like, oh, that's someone else's words. You think, like, those could be, definitely could be Tom's words. So, yeah, I think it just really highlights the writing ability of of the band itself. And I gave it a five. Yeah, I think Yamar is, like, definitely the number one version of that where you go. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I found out that was a cover, it was, like, legitimately shocking. I'm like, What? That, then no, that has to be a fish song. You talked about, I think, in the first Lemon Wheel episode about uh, cities, how I think you and I both agree that their city, we, I know you and I both agree that cities is, uh, we find Fish's version of that to be superior to Talking Heads, slower, even though, even though, better. Yep. Even though we, we're both uh, big Talking Head aficionados. Um, but Sir, yeah, I, I like what you're saying. Circus and Yamar, that's kind of a different category of like, this could be an original, which is also like, yeah. which is also like a great category. Um, and Energy is in there. 
Yeah, yep, the apples in stereo. Yeah, the um it's funny because yeah, uh with Circus comes to, like if you hear the original version too, I mean it's they're 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 very faithful, you know. Did they they really don't take right. a lot of liberties with the Los Lobos version and Los Lobos themselves, of course, are, are pretty jam adjacent. Uh, David Hidalgo and like Jerry Garcia were personal friends, you know, and, and they, and they've played a lot of, um, uh, I think particularly Grateful Dead related Hidalgo's, stuff. Yeah, Hidalgo's played with, uh, another quote unquote jam person he, as well. Who, he, you know, uh, Billy Strings, not love. uh, or, no, uh, you know who and live tracks. What is it? 17. Is that the one with, Oh, oh, uh, with uh, with Dave Matthews yeah. Band, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like Crazy around Dave. that world. I don't know if you, uh, uh, um, yeah. What the hell? We're an hour into a fish. If you're listening already, <laughs> hey, Mark Marin, if you listen to this uh, and and you want to sue me, go ahead. I just want to meet you in court. Um, he, he's ah! uh, Mark Marin, uh, and Strap. does a podcast with uh, his friend uh, and other fellow comedian Dean Delray called Dark Fonzie. Shout out to them. Great podcast. Check it out if you haven't. Um. And he talked about uh, in that podcast, he said he because he uh, Marin recently had David Hidalgo on as a guest like not that long ago. Oh, and he sweet. and he said, uh, you know, I haven't listened to the podcast. Before. I should. I, I, I love Los Lobos. But he said that it was kind of hard to get. You know, he's one of these guys. Who, you know, he's a musician, but he doesn't talk, doesn't talk so much, you know, in interviews oh, and man. stuff. And he said uh, he said I was he's walking yes. down. Uh, uh, or he was about to walk down his driveway and he said something about um, he, he said suddenly he started telling me this story about, he's like, yeah, one time Jerry Garcia came to me and uh, he had this Stratocaster and he was like, Hey man, you should, you should get, I should, you should take this Stratocaster. You should take it. And he was like, and he said like, Oh uh, yeah, I'd love to Jerry, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of hard up for cash right now. It's, and he's like, no, 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 man, I'll just give it to you. I don't care. <laughs> Holy shit. And he's like, so I have Jerry's, I have a Stratocaster Jerry Garcia gave me and, and Marin goes like, I would have loved to get that story, you know, on the mic in my podcast <laughs> instead of like him just telling me in my driveway. I thought that, I thought that was pretty funny. Imagine that. Like you're, you're like, you're like, Oh, is, he's trying to sell me a guitar and I'm trying to be nice. And he's like, no nah, man, you could just have it. I don't give a shit. Um, shit. it's crazy. But anyway, um, so yeah, the Jerry Los Lobos is guitar. And by the way, if you look up, like, uh, I think Los Lobos has played like more gigs than like, I, I'm not going to say fish and the dead combined, but they, those guys are, workers dude like they are my dad's barber <laughs> this is a remote connection my dad's barber used to work at a venue and he met the guys in los lobos and hung out with them all day and said they were like the coolest dudes in the world so we are a pro los lobos podcast it's safe to say um yep and when when the circus comes to town is a uh is a great song it's a great fish it's cover a wonderful slow song let me say that as we lead into the next song which is not a wonderful slow song. waiting in the velvet sorry seat. Uh, hey, hey Dan, uh, what what rating did you give next. Waiting in the Velvet Sea? Gave it a two point eight. Next, you gave it a two point eight. You outfinned me. That's crazy. Oh shit! I actually, I was expecting you to hit it with a three because there yeah. is some nice playing by Trey. Yeah. And, uh, look, I say it every single time. It's it's a good song. It just I just don't like it. Um, this is the second version. This is interesting. It's the second version of 12 they played in 1998. Now that is a tour I can get behind. <laughs> well, they did they did 12. So they did a bunch in the fall tour, which is interesting. Um uh I gave this two fins. This is the absolute 
if you you couldn't uh, engineer a worse placement for this if they had just played yep. you know what's funny too is i like circus way more than velvet sea and it fills the same role in a show if they had mm-hmm. not played circus and they had mm-hmm. just played velvet sea i think i'd go eh, three and a half they're doing a slow down tune i don't like it but whatever coming out of circus what is this what is the plan on this guys this is just such a bummer and i'm sorry i don't know how it played in the we don't know how it played in the in the place you know we weren't there right and uh diversion from like yeah yeah, earlier we were saying frankie says good slow good slow song you know whatever maybe you save it and then use it here i don't know (laughs) you don't i mean yeah or just why would you play two slow ones in a row and just i just i want to get on with the rest of the show i just want to say yeah we both this is a bummer for both of us and uh if you want to yell at us hit us up at five fins mailbag yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com p-h-i-v-e p-h-i-n-s at gmail.com and uh as long as you the only thing is if you're going to yell at us you have to subscribe i think that's yeah. a fair rule you know what that's i mean totally fair like you just subscribe totally subscribe fair. yell at us and then don't listen ever again but just subscribe that's cool. Or I think keep listening cool. and keep yelling at us. And keep and yeah, we'll keep like yelling at us. Have like an at five five fins mailbag. <laughs> we'll say th- we'll say things to you that like <laughs> that like you, you can't rebut because we yeah. read your letter on the on the air. So like yeah, tell we us can where you're from. The conversation. I love things like that. Tell us where you're from and give an exact street address. And uh, yes, and uh, neighbors who Social maybe security don't security number. Neighbors who maybe don't like you. <laughs> we'll work <laughs> Our next track, <laughs> our next track, is three tracks, which is "Hold Your yes. Head Up," into mm-hmm. the classic sexual healing into "Hold yeah. Your Head Up," featuring the vocal talents of Bob Weaver. Bob um, Weaver. I, I, Bob my, Weaver. my first question to you, Dan, is this the greatest "Hold Your Head Up" of all time? Yeah, I think that this has to be in the on the short list, the the original one. I love. I love he walks up and says, hi, I'm Bob Weaver or has everybody do Bob Weaver. Thanks for coming to the festival. And then he says, please don't whip things at me as I sing. Yes, that was very <laughs> does, funny. Does that mean somebody was doing that? Because that's not cool, guys. Come on. I imagine that there was either someone like hit him with a glow stick. But I also imagine maybe he was in a zone of some sorts <laughs> and was like, I can't handle yeah. things being thrown at me. Please right don't now. whip things at me. As I say, he was just saying it just in case that happened. And then he says, this is a love song about a turtle, which makes me think he thought he was doing Terrapin potentially. I was expecting it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this might've been an audible by the band, but then you can hear Trey obviously playing drums and, uh, and Mike are just vibing. They just, <laughs> they just, they just keep going on hold your head up. So he's like, sorry, fish. We got the group going. We can't stop. And he says, what? Yep. And he goes, we got <laughs> he has to repeat and stuff. And then he says, and then Fishman's like, we gotta do, we're going to just do this for the rest of the night. Just this thing. It's, it's like a massage. Yeah, just this. It's good. It feels like a massage. And then Trey says, Paige has something to tell you. And then Paige just starts playing sexual healing. So I guess maybe that's the thing he has to tell him is the song. Yeah. I guess that's what he has to tell him is just sexual healing. And he goes, and I love Fishman saying, uh, uh, well, this is a better song anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so when I initially heard it, I thought he meant this is a better song than Hold Your Head Up, but I think he means it's a better song than Terrapin, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah. So Both. I just have to say, Dan, that my heart's like an oven <laughs> and I need your loving because when I got that feel. And I love, uh, you know, the make the sounds of love. <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that was really five funny. out of five. Fin- I don't know. Fuck it. Five out of five pins. Greatest version of sexual. Yeah, this is the third version of four that they've ever played. <laughs> and they're all in 1998. <laughs> I did. A, I gave it a three and a half for execution and a five for style. There you go. I was just um, doing style. There's no. <laughs> there's yeah, no that's execution. fair. I could put on my um, critic hat. Uh, synthesizer hat i guess i don't know what the thing would be and be like well technically boots. this is one of the greatest 808 songs of all time and i would have preferred to hear an 808 on it but i'm not gonna do that <laughs> okay yeah marvin gay going it. for the uh kind of he was like into the uh like it's almost like a new wave phase for him in his in yeah, that, that, that 808 is so it's so good on that song a cowbell i love it anyway yeah this is freaking hilarious another one while obviously it's playing at work i got everyone staring at me oh also when hold your head up was playing the first time i listened to this because i have listened to it a bunch of times but hold your head up was playing and i thought to myself you know what is super unsafe but i should definitely do right now is run around the kitchen similar to how uh, Bob Weaver would oh, run wow. around the stage. So I took off and ran <laughs> all the way up around the back alley and back onto the line, just oh, going. So yeah, that, that, that was fantastic. But yeah, this is free. It's so funny. It's just hysterical, hysterical. And I mentioned this in the first Lemon Wheel episode too that this was. Um, a thing that they they didn't do any of the Henrietta stuff in 1997, and it was the kind of quote unquote f- classy fish here where the, he was not wearing yeah, the wearing dress suit, and stuff. Right? And so um, I remember when I listened to all the festivals in a row prior to Magnaball, uh, going back to this one I, when this happened, I remember just being like, I love the fact that they brought this back. It's so great, and uh, <laughs> and I liked it. Just like. Again, you know, we kind of take it for granted at this point or something, but like doing this kind of shit in front of 70,000 people is like crazy. <laughs> right. It's just it's just insane. Like <laughs> it's just like a, like it, it's easy to just like listen to this or even watch the video and just forget that like there are so many people there and there's so many and it I can just imagine a person being like, "Oh, I'll check out this band, you know, at this festival and being like, "What the <laughs> fuck are they doing?" Um but I guess at this point they yeah, already imagine you're the little brother that got dragged along yeah. to your first fish show and you're just sitting here like what? <laughs> but what that's is happening. But that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, that's like yeah, anybody who absolutely. went to a show in ninety five and they're like, I don't even know if I liked it. I was just like, I need to see another one just to be like, What? You know, like what was that? Was that yeah. a was that a dream or did that actually the show actually happen? It's just uh, one of those things to like, you know, random things like being your first show having crazy stuff happen, which um 98 speaking of 98 and crazy things happening and first shows i just want to quickly shout out uh the guy who technically mentioned fish to me first yeah, of all time you're you're which would the camp be counselor. my day camp counselor nate uh i don't know if i should say his whole name i don't know nate well i'll just say nate he knows who he is yeah um he his first show was vernon downs from this year yeah vernon so Down like he house. saw a crazy show like i just yeah this whole 98 thing is just nuts all of these things are nuts Hence the middle finger followed by the hug at the beginning of me being like, I'm so mad at you and I love that you got to see these things, but I'm also sad that I didn't and that you got to. Friend of the pod, Nate, we can do, <laughs> if you if you get in touch with him, uh, let's do Vernon Down the House with Nate. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, our next track closes out Set Dose, which is um, a song called Run Like an Antelope. Never heard of it. Released on uh, <laughs> the Fish album Lawn Boy. This is the 10th version 
of Antelope that they played in uh, out of 14 in 1998. Wow. Uh, so Trey, Trey is teasing sexual healing at the top, which is great. Yeah. Which is amazing. Paige kind of joins in a little bit. Uh, they slam into it so well. And I have to say, if I have a minor complaint about Antelope in the past couple of years, they kind of like limp into that, the bum, 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 bum part. Now, I love hearing that oh, slam. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you got to gotcha. have that. Yeah, um, they really slammed into they it. They really do. And I, I dig it. Uh, I timestamp this one out a little bit. Um, We got great Leo stuff happening at the four minute mark. We've got uh, from right around a little bit before six minutes. Uh, Trey is really building things up. The the double time section, uh, you know, where they kind of speed <sighs> up to double time starts at like around. I wrote down seven forty nine. There's still yeah, almost four like just, minutes. They're just right in it. There's still almost four minutes left in the track. <laughs> they spent another four Jeez. minutes after that. Uh, uh, I wrote down at nine minute mark. Trey just won't let go. And then at nine <laughs> at the nine minute and thirteen mark, I wrote. This is usually the ending riff to Antelope. And then around the 930 mark, I wrote, and Trey just still just won't like, <laughs> like he plays it and he's still like, no, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're not done Man. yet. And 940, they finally hit you with the Rai Rai Rocco like break down, but they don't, they're not saying that yet. And then um, Paige starts getting, I'm sure you're going to pick the, pick up on this. Paige starts getting crazy on the synthesizer out of nowhere, like right like r- during the Rai Rai Rocco thing. And then of course it becomes Rai Rai Rocco, Bob Weaver. goodness i mean great way to end the set definitely uh along the same vein as uh along the same vein that's not right in the same vein along the same lines (laughs) somewhere in there as (laughs) possum from from the first set where they're ending it with the big with the big sort of normal and set closer um as as a personal level antelope to me is the creme de la creme of of set closers um particularly uh if they're not even even closing you know set twos of traditional shows but for a set two of a three set show, Chef's Kiss, beautiful choice. I love this. I love everything about this, and I have nothing to say again but really positive things about Antelope. So I gave it five fins. Oh well, you already know there's five more coming right at it from <laughs> me. Um, I love the Bob Weaver reference again. Same thing you said, uh, not to copy, but like, can you? Is there anything you can really say? Like, it's just so good. This version's great. They slam, like, uh, you know, they're going almost full force by five minutes in, and then, you know, like seven minutes, and you're just like, oh, my God. And then you check the time on your phone, and you're like, no, something's <laughs> going to give. And then it doesn't. Going, going, going. Did you notice the thing yeah, I the was... the synthesizer. God. Ugh. There's one later, I think, where I don't I don't think it was Antelope, but 
he just maybe he does it in antelope too he just like plucks out a line on one of the synths just he's just like oh i'll use this different one and then just it's almost like he was messing with the settings on something and then he just like hit it and he's like that was cool anyway i'll go back to my normal synth and i was just like wow yeah, it's that kind of I don't know how to do it <laughs> without sounding ridiculous, but that kind of whack 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 whack, which yeah. which also feels like culturally like in a funny in a funny way as I'm thinking about it, kind of like 1998, like <laughs> you know, like we're gonna hit in the beginning of set three here, we're gonna hit a a, a very like kind of late 90s sounding thing, but that kind of like I, I feel like the band was pretty was probably pretty into hip hop. Uh, I want to say Fishman said that he, he like pulled him aside in the late nineties, like to play LL cool J records. And was like, this is going to be the new, th-. he's like all, he's like, just like every other form of black music, like this is going to become the biggest thing in the world. And at the time he, he was like, eh, I don't know. And he's like, of course he was right. Cause Trey's always right. <laughs> um, yeah. But that kind of wicka chicka, like uh, DJ ish type of sound. I don't, I think that it's Paige doing it on in this antelope, but during the kind of right after the Rai Rai Rocco breakdown stuff. Um, and it's funny how it's, it, it totally works well in this and doesn't seem like gimmicky or anything. You know, it just, it's, 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 it's pretty great. And I think, um, I just think this antelope is a perfect way to end set two of night two of the Lemon Wheel Festival. So I have to say, I'm just going to, here, I'm going to quote Trey. Ready? It's going to be, okay. Thanks, everybody. We're going to take a break and pod another set. Enjoy the Garden of Infinite Pleasantries. And then he says, sorry, for those who didn't hear me, we're going to play another set and then enjoy the Garden. <laughs> he has to repeat yeah. himself. It's like yeah. it's like the band comes down and it literally minds, reminds me of like, uh, if you see a band at a bar that's just like, Hey man, like they're like, hey, bring it down. We got to talk to people. Except he's talking to seventy thousand fucking people in the middle of a field, and he's just like, hey, and he's like, hey, can you bring this down a little bit? Hey, sorry for those who didn't hear me. We're gonna pod another set, and then go ahead and enjoy the Garden of Infinite Pleasantries. But then come right back because we will be back for more five fins right after this. Vins. Welcome back, everybody. What happened? What happened? Hey, what happened? Hey, what happened? R.I.P. Fred Willard, one of the greats of all time. We were eulogizing Fred Willard during the break. He's also in the uh, Spinal Tap. He's the guy who uh, he works at the uh, the Air Force Base or whatever it is that they play. That's always great. Yeah, I just got a haircut, unlike you guys. But yeah. Um, um, <laughs> R.I.P. Fred. What a guy. Um, we are here to talk about set three from the August 16th, 1998 fish performance from Limestone at the Loring Air Force Base, a.k.a. the Lemon Wheel Festival. We have reached shit. set three, and we begin with a cover of the Beastie Boys classic, Sabotage. Jesus. Released on their album Ill Communication. My personal favorite Beastie Boys album. What about you? Um I'm I'm a Paul's boutique man. Fair. That's fair. 
That's but, fair. Um, I like the um, I like the uh, kind of jazziness almost nature yeah, of Ill Communication. Like they, they were in like miles so at the time. This one, Ill Communication, is when they had gotten. Yeah, they had all. They all went out. Also, they went and bought instruments, and they were like, well, "Yeah, we used to be a punk band. Why don't we just remember how to play instruments?" And uh, and they that. sure did. Yeah, Man. There's, there's some great stuff on there. Um, this is fantastic too. Yeah, what do you think of Sabotage, Dan? I gave it eight and a half stars. Or wow. Fins, sorry. I gave it eight and a half fins. <laughs> um, you gave it eight fins. You gave it eight stars. It I, has a lot of there's accolades. A, as many ratings as I could give it, honestly. Like, um, yeah, you had to, so it had to be something Beastie Boys, really. Like yeah. You gave it eight, eight Beasties. <laughs> I gave it 808s. I you gave, gave it eight, 808. 808s. Um, the friggin', yeah, trade does a really good job of sounding like the Beastie Boys when he's doing it. And then, like, <laughs> that bass line is already nasty enough, but what would make it better? Oh, Mike Gordon doing that bass line. Yeah. The, when they're coming back in the boom, 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 boom yep. like it's freaking filthy and the scream and just like, yeah, having seen it as well, um, being lucky enough to have seen them do it, like I know how the crowd feels in those moments. Yeah, and I like, was going to bring that up. Oh, so, yeah, I gave it eight and a half. There's going to be a lot of, of high ratings coming. Like, this. Interesting. Man, love it. I I liked, I think I liked, it. I liked set three a little bit more, or I'm sorry, I liked set two a little bit more than set three, but so maybe <laughs> we're going to, we're going to uh, zag. Oh, yeah. Where the other zigs. <laughs> um, in terms of sabotage, uh, this is the third version played of five ever total. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, two, this is the second of three that they've played in 1998. You mentioned that you and I saw the version played at SPAC in 2012. I am not usually a person who kind of goes totally towards the uh, attendance bias, <laughs> uh, exceptionalism thing of, uh, you know, just thinking that every version that you've seen of something is better. But the 2012 version of Sabotage from Fish, that's I, I think I can objectively say is the greatest version of that that they've ever played. Uh, they yeah. also did one on the S night, the infamous S night, the of of dicks. That's also really good. Um, they played every, you know, for those uninitiated. Which how would you get to this point in the podcast and not know? But <laughs> they did a show in 2011 at Dicks where they played only songs that began with S. And I think this was the double encore, which always reminds, like, always makes me think they ran backstage and literally went, "Do we know any other songs that begin with S? <laughs> Sabotage, sure." Um, <laughs> It's worth mentioning that this was originally played uh, in the summer and the summer of 1998. I mentioned this at the top of the first Lemon Wheel pod, but the summer of 1998 is known as the summer of covers because they literally would put on a radio backstage and pick out cover songs to play. Uh, they, the f most famous one being Terrapin Station on the anniversary of Jerry Garcia's death, but... Um, you know, run with the devil and ramble on at Vernon Downs and all this stuff. So it was a Lagrange, uh, Lagrange which we also saw. <laughs> That's <laughs> back. Um, so you know, an interesting uh, year in that respect, and we do get a lot of covers in a way coming up in the in the remainder of this show. Well, I I I, I went with four because I didn't want to give Wrong. it a five because of our our version. Wrong. So I'm gonna stick with that. But, uh, <laughs> also, um kind of an interesting it, it's funny it doesn't um i actually feel like they're better at playing songs like this now <laughs> than yeah. they were maybe in 1998 just because i feel like the 1998 sound of the band is more spare than like being able to 
fully pull off a Beastie Boys cover. But at the same time, this is great. I mean, four is still a good raking. I'm just going to throw that out there. And also, um, you know, I can't imagine being in the crowd and thinking they would never do this again, you know? And this is the second yeah. version of all time. So that must have been an incredible uh moment although i think like you said i do think we kind of experienced this a little bit in 2012 i remember this dude next to us had clearly seen a lot of fish shows was extremely excited <laughs> yeah, yeah if you remember that it guy. was nuts. that was wow. an incredible show spack 2012 we'll do it at some point um yes, so that may we should just do it next what the hell um so yeah sabotage um uh yeah really crazy opener and uh kind of and I, I like that it fits in with the 1998-ness of the cover year doing yeah. a bunch of covers at the end here this is really cool speaking of covers fish's oldest cover of all time comes up next this is the song also sprocked zarathustra also known as the theme from 2001 a space odyssey also yeah. known as 2001 this is the ninth version oh, of man. 13 that they played this is a cover of Richard Strauss's 1894 tone poem of the same name. I Wikipedia this and just wanted to throw this out there. So Fishes, obviously, this is a kind of a cover of a cover. Of a cover, they're right. Doing, they're doing the Diodato or yep. Diodato version, the uh, popular disco version uh, that was big in the late 70s. Um, I wanted to throw this out there, though. If you look up uh, this song on Wikipedia, uh, Richard Strauss in in there's a picture of him in 1894. It kind of looks like he could pull off being in a 70s funk band, <laughs> like a like a bass player. He's got a mustache and kind of an afro going. Like he's got a different. He 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 dresses. You know he's dressed nicer. He's dressed like in a suit and stuff. But like if you threw that guy in like a gray t-shirt and slacks, what put what him in 1970 70s wasn't dressed in a suit though, right? You know? Well, no, no, he could be like if you threw him in like more normal clothes, like bell bot, like like a gray shirt and like lime green bell bottoms. He could have played bass in Little Feet, like for sure. Hey. Like he's, um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Richard Strauss, shout out, friend of the pod. He's been dead since <laughs> I think 1949 or something. <laughs> um, he's listening. Though. Uh, it's Fish's oldest cover, which I think I mentioned. I always love that. I mean, even though it's technically a cover of a thing from the 70s, but that's no fun. That's still um, super funny. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Great Went comparisons, uh, this is uh, the 2001 from Great Went is uh, a pretty climactic moment, including a very impassioned, interesting little moment from Trey where he basically says on stage, I think for the first time in their history, like, you know, we get all the vibes of the audience from you guys and you give all the vibes to us and like and the crowd goes nuts. And I think it's the first time he's ever kind of really actually said that, you know, in front wow. of that many people. Um, so again love this version kind of hard for me to separate it from the great one thing because clearly i think they were like here's a song that works really well on a late night when everybody has been up for two straight days <laughs> you know uh in temporarily the largest city in maine temporarily. uh so <laughs> as zappa would say um <clears throat> I wrote around. I wrote the the uh, five and a half minute mark. Uh, we get some cool stuff from Trey, like a nice little theme that they kind of build off of for a bit. Uh, five minutes, five and a half minutes to seven minutes. Sammy's galore. Great stuff with with Paige on the electric keys. Uh, kind of you know in a slightly similar vein to what was going on with the uh, with the ghost jam there. Um, we get uh, the first build happens at about the seven and a half minute mark. And then last till a little bit after nine minutes. And then uh, the 10 to 14 minute mark was kind of my favorite part of this. Yeah. Um, got some what I call the wicked funk 
uh, <laughs> and real active Fishman stuff going on. And then the final buildup happens around the 14 and a half minute mark. Um, I like the section after the first buildup quite a bit more than I like the stuff before that. Not that the other stuff before that is bad, but it feels like they're kind of finding their way with this. It's late. Um, somebody online wrote that this whole third set kind of feels encore-ish, which I think I agree with. It sort of feels like one gigantic encore. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. I like this version of 2001 a lot. And, you know, again, with the Great Went thing, I was like thinking, should I be a snob about this or something? But obviously, if we're talking about great versions of 2001, this is in that running for sure. This is easily a five fin version of 2001 and i'm almost guessing that you gave it your extra fins well you would normally be right i did give it some extra fins i gave it nine fins uh i don't really dip (laughs) under five uh ever at all for this (laughs) set uh first off there's a fight bell and that ugly broken china symbol yeah in the first two minutes before we even get going they're like just just so you know this is about to happen, right? That's freaking amazing. Speaking of which, I want a rig rundown on the rest of the band as well. Um, right? Yeah. Where is that? Uh, show me the synthes. Show me the synthes. I want to see the synthesizers. I want to see the drum kit. I want to see all of Mike's bass pedals. Um, the ten and a half minute mark, Gordon's bass tone is... Oh, 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 you take that how you will. Um, 11.20 in 2001 is where Paige does that thing I was talking about earlier. He just switches over to a different synth than what he's playing for literally like one line. I don't know why. I don't care. It's amazing. And it literally just like blew me away. So good. I freaking love this song anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, we're we're at the point in the show too where I think you have to remember like, you know, just think about like set three of night two of Magnaball where it's like you, you're just kind of in, you're not even really like remembering you're at a show anymore. It's just yeah. that things are just happening and it's just like, what's happening? You know, like the rest of the set kind of descends into like madness, but it's just okay. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah I'm here. Things are going fine. Like I'm sure nobody at the time was even really discerning like which, like was this version better than last year's? But you know what I mean? That's a very like, <laughs> that's a very modern thing that we can go back to and look at stuff. So um, yeah, 2001, they, I mean, just just phenomenal. And, uh, and you know, um, I think going forward with the band, I think this did become a song that sometimes could be a little bit more perfunctionary, like just sort of show up in a second set as, hey, we're going to dance for eight minutes and then move on. Um, but at this time, they were really stretching it out and making it kind of a real jam vehicle. So that's why I was like, I can't even pretend this is in five fins. Like, of course it is. I came super close to giving it my extra fins, but uh, that being said, I'm sure I think I think you know where my fins landed. But anyways. Well, I want to say that I do, but I'm wrong every single time. This I is true. This is true. So, But this one I, actually I, is, the mo- is the predictable one. Well, I can say this with a lot of confidence, which is yeah. that the song that gets my extra fins for set <gasps> three is the next song. Whoa, man. That's so exciting. Which is which is Wilson Da-da. of the of the Gamehenge saga. Um this is the sixth version of Wilson played out of ten in nineteen ninety eight. Wow. Um I just have a question to ask you right off the top. Sure. Did you forget the Blat Boom part was coming? Almost. Almost I did. And oh. I almost never do, but I 
completely they lulled me in so bad. I was on a walk when I first listened to oh, this. Oh, nice. After, you know, after the first couple I yep. knew was coming, but the first, but I would like when I first re-listened to it, I laughed my ass off Sue. It's so great. like the brief period of their history where i think they really are comparable to like a sonic youth or my buddy valentine in the way that they can pull <laughs> yeah. off those like little sections you know yeah in ways that i think i think they kind of wanted to get to that more um even like 99 2000 and then the and then the 2.0 years um and then you know very 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 occasionally slightly in the post breakup years but this is like maybe one of the few years where i feel like particularly sonic youth i feel like they're pulling off that like that that sound a little bit more than they could have ever done before or since and uh it's it's kind of like a almost like a little bit sloppy version of wilson at the beginning but like i just that that part of it would that payoff was so huge that i i i just yeah. i couldn't get enough of this hell I loved yeah it. that makes me so happy uh you were there the first time that i forgot that there was a black yep. bloom part you saw my <laughs> face that was hilarious black um boom. Uh, that nothing will ever be able to blow my mind like that moment in time, but this one came pretty close. Uh, I definitely had to look a couple times because of how long <laughs> the outro was. I was like, I just want to make sure I didn't miss it, or like maybe they go to something else. I was, I was, I was waiting for it, but wasn't expecting it. I just get super excited when I'm listening now. Also, if I'm listening out loud for like other, if, to see if other people are paying attention, you know what I mean. And then yeah. they get hit with it. I'm always, I'm always waiting for someone to not remember that it's coming. And I love that that happens because, like I said, my first time was so good. Yeah. Um, I gave this six fins. I am ranking these all out of five, just so the listener knows. This I didn't switch to out of ten. I am still ranking <laughs> out of five. So six fins. <laughs> okay. Um, the intro is hilarious, right? Because they had they, they he did like seven dunts instead of just like the normal amount. That was great. And then at the very beginning of the outro, Trey does like this loop with his delay. I don't know if it's maybe just the delay pedal or he actually looped something, but it just like pulled my eyeballs out of my skull. It was so amazing. I was like, <laughs> wow, like God, these guys are really good at making music. Um, and then the whole three minutes of build up into the blap yeah. is just great. I think, yeah. yeah. And it makes me so happy that, that it got you because it's the best part, right? Is when you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's like usually Wilson would be one where I would say, oh, like even if I really loved it, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't give it extra fins just because you know it's Wilson like it's great right. but it's not some but um yeah I I I I don't know it, it it just hit me perfectly and the and the whole connection to similar to the um to the ghost thing I think where and a little bit with sabotage where. I kind of like the 1998ness of this. Like, there's no way they pull yeah. this off. Like, in other years of the band, really, <laughs> without it being, without kind of, I, I want to say, like, you know, um, Super Bowl had a good version of Wilson. Like, they have stretched out that middle section like a little bit on occasion, or, or not middle even, but you know, the pre-Blat Boom <laughs> section. Um, but <laughs> the first ending, pulling the first ending, yeah. But pulling pulling off the um, kind of ambient nature of this. In a way that the that the uh, kind of calls back to the ambient jam from the first night, and also moments of the uh, ghost jam from set two, I I went with extra fins. I loved it. That's so, great. There you go. Yeah, this whole <laughs> set has Trey is like in edge mode. Like he is, he's like channeling the edge and I don't know Hendrix at Thurston the same Moore, exact like time. Just that kind yeah, of that, just, that it's, like it's that just crazy. That that feedbacky stuff, but really controlling it and trying to make it melodic as opposed to just like playing it for five seconds before they start, you know, good times, bad times. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just, some you know, like that kind of thing. Kaplan type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah, like Yola Tango. Yes, shit like that. Like it's just like I'm, I'm all for it. Um, now I'm really nervous because now I really don't know where your extra fins went. But you do. Okay. It's not the next song, which also okay. is amazing anyway. The next song we hit is the Mango song. This is the uh, third version out of five played in 1998, so not very many. Wow. Um, this gets a really nice crowd reaction. Do they play <laughs> it more like, now? I, I want to say about the same. I got to play it more. It's an amazing it's song. Always, it's always kind of, yeah, it's kind of like, it's not a rarity, you know, but it kind of hangs around. But Yeah, um, I done seen it. I seen it. Yeah. Uh, this is a very uh, placement-dependent fish song for me. Sure. That's fair. Um, and uh, it, I like this placement okay. It's coming out of a quality version of Wilson. We're also in set three and placement to me, like the rules of that go a little bit out the window in, in, <laughs> in set three, you know what I mean? Cause they're kind of, they're kind of, yeah, it, it, there's a little bit of a extended encore feeling to all of this, but I, I like mango song, you know, uh, I think I was wrote down that this is uh, one that I think is uh, up there among the, uh, most fishy fish songs of all time, like with McGrupp, you know, there's a couple songs that like no other band would ever even attempt to write. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this is up there. I love when they do like the, they're all singing different verses at the same time. And like the first time you hear that, you're like, Oh, they screwed up. And then you're like, Oh wait, no, there's three verses. And then the three of them sing different verses at the same time. So I, I I like mango song. Um, uh, just because I don't know, because I've been given so, so many fins, I you're gonna be mad at me, but I, I don't care. This is my podcast. I I went with three, <laughs> I went with three point eight fins for Mango Song. Like I said, uh, placement placement depended for me, but it's always I don't think I could ever rank a Mango Song more than four. But <laughs> yeah, but you never know. Uh, I did. Uh, I should say that. <laughs> um, I think I was. I, this is so we've officially hit the lowest ranking so far of the show for me. I gave this, or of the set for me, I gave this one a five. Um, <laughs> I love Merely Mangos. five out of five. Yeah, just five That's out tough. of five for this one. That's a tough um, beat for Mango Song. The, it's super, it's just so pretty. It, even though it's silly, I still love it. And 
the ending keyboard line. Ding 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 yeah. ding. I, God, I, I very... swear to God that I could listen to that for twenty minutes straight. No problem. Not an <laughs> issue at all. Other people would probably go insane, but like I could yeah. I love that. They would they sound they absolutely so much. would. Like if someone was like, let's torture him by just hitting like an A key or something just over and over again, I'd be like, dude, don't stop. Please. <laughs> So I love that. Yeah, I gave it a five. There's not much I can really say about it um, other than I love, I just like it as a song. And maybe five is a little exaggerated, but I also was clearly riding high going into this. So Yeah, I mean, I kind of went up and down. Like I, I, At first I was going to rank it kind of low, and then I was like, well, I really, like again, I'm kind of with like the automatic four idea. I was like, this Mango song is almost always like somewhere between a three and a four for me. Like it'll never be... One I'm super, super excited about, but it'll never be one that I'm, like, really disappointed in or anything like that. You know, it's always kind of right in that range, and there's a good placement for it, and I thought the the jam was good. And like I said, I, I do always, like you said, I, I always love the um, that they land on that note and then do the very bar band. Yeah. Dun, dun, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it goes perfectly fun. into the next one. Which I think, Which is, speaking of placement, like nailed it. Okay, yeah, so interesting. Yo. So yeah. uh, the next one is Character Zero. Yep. Um, this is the sixth version of Character Zero. They played out of 15 in 1998. Hmm. Interesting uh, uh, that you liked the placement because um, this is one that I would put in there, I think you were saying with, what song was that? Would it have been in the first set? You said something about a song that you kind of only like at the... Oh, you said the thing about ACDC oh, bag. Like, yeah. you kind of like that to open a show. Zero is weird for me whenever it's in the middle of a set. I'm never really sure what it's doing here. Um, <laughs> I went with I went with four out of five. I, this is a really... And that's... that. You know what? That's an unfair ranking because this is an unbelievable, like, yeah. guitar performance. So, actually, retroactively, I'm going to bump that up to, to a four... I'm writing it down. 4.7. Because I nice. actually really liked the version of it a lot but um in terms of the play the only reason I'll, i won't give it a five is like i wish that instead of doing the next three songs the way they did they swapped the set closer for this you know switched them yeah okay that's fair that would have been that would have been my move on this but um it reminds me this also reminds me of the great went um the video from uh bittersweet motel where they show the character zero montage. That's yeah. a great moment in that movie. Not not to spoiler alert, our next song. I meant the movie Bittersweet Motel, <laughs> the documentary <laughs> by award-winning documentarian Todd Phillips. Uh, but yeah, character zero is a great song. Um, and I like it a lot. I just wish, kind of wish they had made it the ending instead of like the third to last yeah, one. That's fair. I um This one, like you said though, like this one, the like, Trey is just crazy. Just it's going like, nuts. And he really and, doesn't yeah. stop going nuts for the rest of the show, essentially. Nope. You, know? you know what my thing yeah. is, too, with Character Zero? is It's one of those ones where sometimes you hear people be like, oh, I got zeroed, and I'm just like, no, you should feel honored that they did that. It is amazing. Close the first set. Darian. Darian. I did my own soundbite. <laughs> um, I literally had, I did not mean to do that. It just happened. It literally just came out of me. Um <laughs> And That's what yeah, she said. it's it's a great nice. It's a great uh it's just a great song. Sometimes I don't want to hear it necessarily, but like any time that it starts, I'm like I can't wait to yell ah really really loud. Yeah. Um, he makes you wait on this one. Yeah. He makes you wait on that. Boy, yeah, for sure. Which is fine. I was fine with that. So 5 again. 
so we're heading towards the end of the show. So the last two we get, we're going to get Bittersweet Motel next. Wonderful and song. then What a beautiful the, song, right? Yeah, this is a beautiful song. I just went with a rock solid four here. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah. I gave it a 4.98. So <laughs> I didn't want to give it a five. I felt that would be a little more exaggerated than I had already been exaggerating. But um, it's just a great song. But yeah, I don't have much to say about it. The next one, though, wow. Yeah, so the Four. next one we hit, well, yeah, so just for a second on Bittersweet Motel, I mean, it, it, it's a cool song. I, I feel like um, this is kind of the attempt to do the slowdown song in the third set the way they did with um, Circus and then regrettably doubled down <laughs> with on uh, on Velvetsy. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I Bittersweet Motel, this is the first version of this song we've hit, so... Uh, this is a song I really like, you know. Um, it's kind of uh, an interesting, like, um, I don't know, like sort of their attempt at almost writing a road standard <laughs> or something, right? Like a folk-type yeah, song sure. in the way. Kind of about being on tour with a rock band and the only tool you have is a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. like Genius. You know, which is a great line and uh, and, and just, you know. Halfway between Erie and Eerie Pittsburgh. And P- Pittsburgh putting me through hell which makes me think like was that a conversation actually had or you know it seems like sort of a uh it, it the thing that i find interesting about it is kind of the um sort of like a road weary quality that I, I feel like fish doesn't do that with a lot of songs you know like they don't yeah. do like the they don't have a lot of songs that are like the kind of you know what's that the loadout like yeah the loadout <laughs> that, that's one or like um or like uh which is a great song but uh uh yeah. or or like um I think in a more cheesy, like, you know, on the road, um, you know, uh, what's the one, uh, the Bob Seger there, you know, turn the, turn, turn the, page. the page. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, like, you know, that's kind of kind of like we're, we're rock band out on the road and we're gonna, you know, and, and sometimes it's hard out nights. here. <laughs> yeah. They, they're very resistant to that, but I like the idea that they kind of write this song. That's a little bit more like acknowledging that without sort of wallowing if that makes sense yeah you know? uh, but this is a very clearly like uh this is a song a very road weary band writes like just sort of like you know you're putting me through hell halfway between erie and pittsburgh that feel, <laughs> it's like it's like hey yeah we've we've had some spats here and there but like ultimately we're kind of a tight-knit crew and like they're trying like i said like the chords and stuff are real simple it feels like a very like uh you know here's our song about kind of the crappy parts about being on the road to give to you fans <laughs> who are also halfway between Erie and Pittsburgh giving each other hell, you know? At the bittersweet motel It's halfway between Erie and Pittsburgh On the highway to the bittersweet motel. That's always kind of been my reading on it, so I don't know. Just wanted to throw that out there. I don't want to totally breeze by it, but yeah, pretty good, pretty good version, good song. Um, I don't know, like this late in the show, feels like they're kind of playing with house money. So, uh, <laughs> what, what, and and boy, they double down with their house money on the next song, which is um, all in. Which is called "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." It's Never a heard of it. Cover by a obscure uh, British rock band called oh. Beatless. Oh, cool! I love obscure yeah. British rock bands. 
They're from Liverpool. Uh, I'm reading, trying to read this. Uh, the Beatless from Liverpool. I think, I think that's it's, what it is. I think it's pronounced Liverpool. I think the, the double O is oh, like a, okay. a, a deep vowel sound. Yeah. So I never, I don't know anything about this band, but um, <laughs> this is the first version of three that they played in 1998. You and I have seen this live. Yeah, we have. The yeah, same reaction have. too. The crowd, like when I was listening, yeah. is like you just hear it. First, you hear the first wave of like holy crap and then you hear the next wave of holy crap and then you hear the wave of everyone turning and saying to the person that they came with holy crap yeah like wow. we saw this at wow. uh, you and i saw this at the glens falls civic center where they originally played it and then we also saw it at uh, madison square garden Man. for the 2019 uh new year shows and i have to say that both of the times the building was insanely loud the uh we were at the very very top of msg for the 2019 show when they played i think it was the 29th that year and um that was one of the loudest buildings i've ever been in my entire life that the reaction to that was insane and it's funny because yeah i know it and and it's funny because that like there's no way listening back to that that's one of those you know (laughs) we're talking about a festival i'm sure people who are there would be like these guys don't get it but (laughs) so but if you listen back to that version you'd be like I wonder where that crowd is, but there was something about there was something about that moment and the way that they played it, and it ended, and they actually stopped. You know, they didn't just like hold on to a note and then start another song. They stopped playing, and yeah, that was. I remember uh, our, the silent third podcaster Mike, uh, who was a huge Rangers fan and had been in Madison Square Garden his entire life, turning to us and saying, "This is the loudest. This is one of the loudest times I've ever heard the Garden. This is louder than a playoff game." And I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, it yeah. was." People were losing their minds and they always do a great version of this song. Um, uh, This version is great. Yeah, it's an amazing way. He just goes for like five minutes. Take some notes, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, I didn't I didn't even want to invoke the man's name who originally played the solo on this, who used to be a great guitar player. And now is just a huge curmudgeon. Yeah, now Um, it's just a grumpy old dude. Just a grumpy old man. He's probably really good at fishing now. I think he's old enough and grumpy enough (laughs) to be good at fishing. (laughs) But don't go with Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis is into fishing, but he's like a cool dude. Like, don't go. I would never disparage Huey. He's he's Huey and Jimmy Kimmel just hanging out there, just fly fishing. Like, that's 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 a crew you want to be with. As opposed to uh, to uh, EC. EC, Um, yeah. Um. His other friend, uh, five, his, five his, fins. Yeah, I mean, I well, I gave it ten. <laughs> okay, uh, ten fins. Um, again, out of five, just nuts, yep. right? Like how? Just he just goes. Trey's just like, all right, yeah. I he misses the first piece, like the very first. <laughs> bum, bum, bam, 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 bam. He misses the very, very, very there's a, first. There's one. a there's a, there's some flubbiness but late like, in the show in general. God yes, damn. Yeah. Like he the, the, they're just like solo. He's like, here's what the solo sounds like in the song. And then here's what else I'm going to give you. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't shake that feeling yep. that we experienced, but with this crowd and just hearing that reaction, because it's also, you know, we do need to put ourselves in the shoes of here's people who have been up basically for two straight days Dude, doing God oh knows what to their bodies. It's it's late in the night and just you know yeah they could have done whatever right but they probably felt the way that i felt when no quarters started that uh when we were at msg and and no quarters started and i was like wow well my brain was not ready for what's happening right now but let's 
let's fucking do this. <laughs> what I remember is they when they when they Trey started tweezing uh teasing tweezer in that show and I and I reacted and the guy next to me reacted and you went, What? And I was and I just kind of was like I didn't want to say. I was like, You're you're gonna find out soon enough. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's like bad cu- bad country, this poor motherfucker's gonna know soon enough. <laughs> um yeah, uh, so you gave it 10. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, I mean, how do you complain about this? Can I also just throw out there, I love the uh, fake rock and rollness of the, you know, Trey's going, hey, guys, it's been a great weekend. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, at this point, probably most of the crowd has seen that you guys have a fake elephant. So, like, they know that there's an encore coming, guys. Just, <laughs> like, who, who are you? Who are you fooling with this? But on the other hand, I guess it's like, you know, he's literally just saying, hey, it's been an incredible weekend. And, uh, you know, so I, I love that. Um, we'll so the encore happens. Year. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll see you next year, which they certainly which they, <laughs> which they certainly will with two festivals, Campus Vigo and Big Cypress. Never heard of them. Uh, Never. The next encore the next encore the encore of night two of the lemon uh-huh. festival uh-huh. begins uh-huh. with my favorite fish song of all time no <laughs> and my internet avatar which is harry hood Dairy. dude into jam we'll call it that yeah so well i guess because harry hood ends proper and then it kind of meanders into just that like they're still playing but there's not <laughs> a song happening um this is the 10th version of harry hood that was played out of 16 in 1998. Um, wow. Fishman is really amazing in the intro. Boy. They they even like kind of almost stop for like a sem- He never obviously takes drum solos, but they almost stops for a very, like there, there's a uh, fill that's so long it almost borders on a solo for a second there. Um, uh, uh, I, I mean, I gave this five fins. <laughs> uh, I find that uh, I was like, do I get, Extra fins. If I get extra fins for encore sets, which we haven't done previously, but this would receive those. Yeah, uh, I kind of lumped it into the third set because this one got my extra fins, even though I've been giving them out like hotcakes this whole set. This yeah, this one gets whatever's left. Well, however 90, many I have left, ninety nine fins. The rest and of a, them. and a ho- and a hood ain't one. <laughs> um, oh God. I mean. The intro, man. The, the intro. Yeah, the intro is fantastic. Well, yeah, go off on. I mean, the intro is fantastic. Okay. It's you, a great jam. I got yeah, it. It's, yeah. I, let me yeah. let me let me start by saying this. Right, high attack and no decay makes Dan gay for Trey. Okay, <laughs> the, his guitar tone. He's got that thing going right where it's like it, the swells. If in. you get that joke, you might like five fans. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Thank you. He's it, there's like a he gets that swell going on his guitar and it's just so good. He's having a great time. Like he's laughing in the very beginning when they go to yep. do the Harry. And I think he might be laughing because you can kind of hear people yell balls. You know, he's laughing and his ass off. That's like, gotta yeah, be hilarious. You yell, you say Harry, and all of a sudden everyone just yells balls back at you. Like, God. <laughs> they're also only so still a a couple of years removed from the hood chant starting in '96. So I think with the amount of people maybe you can just kind of hear him be like oh my god can you believe how many people are doing this thing yeah, now like this right. started as a flyer from uh benji eisen and here we are you know and i feel like during hood like in the friend outro, of the pod benji the, eisen, yes of, of course yeah shout out benji good friend um they uh, <laughs> the out during the outro even not to like jump over i didn't really i don't have any timestamps for hood because it was all perfect but the uh 
the yeah. outro and the baby elephant walk stuff like you know you're walking away from that going back to the tent just going like thank god this is a festival <laughs> and i'm not driving right now like i thank yeah. goodness i we don't get have one to get into night. the car right like i'm going to sleep uh this is oh my gosh how did i just see that and the elephant thing that blew my mind like just thinking yeah. about that this is just so cool just yeah so, so we cool. should we should mention so this is Trombone. better better uh encapsulated on the limited video you can get on on youtube but they basically light there's fireworks going on but they light this like um i don't know like this like long very fuse, long fuse very long fuse shout out <laughs> um and then uh there's also the yeah and there's a fireworks display fishman is like playing trombone <laughs> at a certain point yeah to kind of mimic the elephant sounds and then they have this elephant going through the crowd and it seems like it's like lit by a path of fire which does seem like slightly dangerous but um you know nope. what are you gonna do um and i don't know like how do you even describe like obviously people who were there know but it's like it's not made of paper mache but it's like this giant sort of mobile elephant that's 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 roaming around the crowd and fishman's making these kind of elephant noises and they play um baby elephant walk by American, <laughs> yeah, by a uh, beloved American composer Henry Mancini. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this right off the bat that uh, <clears throat> there's a uh, classic kind of deep Simpsons joke where uh, Homer is dancing for the uh, Springfield Isotopes baseball team, and that uh, is such a funny name. Every time I hear it, it still is funny. <laughs> Because of the nuke plant, like that is just so good. <laughs> That's the uh, Springfield isotopes, and then he, yeah, he's dancing Homer. Well, he, for, <laughs> I mean, he gets <laughs> when they replace him, they replace him with Paint Drink and Pete. They're <laughs> 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 gonna be their new name. but uh, he's gonna be uh, dancing Homer, and uh, and he's talking to the capital city goofball, who's the guy who's kind of taking over for, or he's gonna take over for, or whatever, and uh, he says. Uh, Oh, oh no, that's it. He's uh, Homer's talking to the Capital City goofball, and he says, "Yeah, they have me dancing for Baby Elephant Walk in the in the fifth inning." And uh, and uh, the Capital City goofball says, "Ah, Mancini, a mascot's best friend." My dad, <laughs> my dad absolutely loved that line. So, sh- R.I.P. Mike Thomas. I, I couldn't go the whole. Our I couldn't talk man. about. Ba- yeah, he got it. I couldn't got talk about Baby Elephant Walk without bringing that up. He Mancini, if he ever brought up Henry Mancini, which you know, you don't think that would come up very often in conversation, but. He was a mascot's best friend. Uh, Henry Mancini, by the way, writer of some absolute bangers. We got Baby Elephant Walk. He wrote the theme to the Pink Panther. Yep. He wrote the theme to Peter Gunn. He wrote that. He wrote Moon Moon River. The obvious. Yeah, yeah. So great friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Henry Mancini. Um. Uh, Baby Elephant Walk is really fun. I didn't get Baby Elephant Walk. Was I supposed to give a rating? They've only played it no, once. Five, I just five I elephants. Just, I just five it. elephants out of five Ooh. for uh, Baby Elephant Walk. Yeah, I'll do that too. <laughs> um, fun way to end the festival. I'm gonna give it five of the Baby Elephant from the the cartoon Tarzan. <laughs> I'm gonna give five of those. Specific. Five Phil Collins. Yeah. Shout out Phil Collins, friend of the pod. I don't know. I we have to vote on that. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna be. We'll take that. That's gonna be a closed door decision whether Phil Collins is. Hey, a fan John Johnny B. Fishman is a fan. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. He he's As he said, I don't care what you think pod, of his balance. Yeah, 
He gets, um, he's going to share the vote with me, so. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> Sustained. I like I like Genesis, okay. But so anyway, um, Baby Elephant Walk. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. This whole, uh, again, the hood thing, oh, that also happened at Great Wens. So there's also this weird sort of parallel, like, mirror thing where they're kind of doing, like, that was the, the hood jam. They're playing for, hood when they light the fire, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. The the uh, yeah the um, where they light the the artwork on fire. So, but they kind of also did that on night one with the ambient jam where they made the, they lit they lit the candles from the people who who made them, um, which I think we mentioned in the first uh, lemon wheel pod. People made candles and that was what they had lit during the ambient jam. And so didn't burn everything down. And did burn and didn't somehow. This is a great fun way to to end this. You know, we've hit the end here of the Lemon Wheel Festival. This is probably the first uh, big, important kind of historical show yeah. that we've done. Um, I think I said that at the beginning of that, so I'm bookending it. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, it, it, obviously, this, this was great, man. This is a lot of fun. I'm glad we did it. In terms of uh, kind of the festivals overall, um, I mentioned that uh, blog post that was called The Forgotten Festivals, which oh, I yeah. think that... Lemon Wheel kind of definitely is one of those. Um, I think for better or worse, in some ways it might actually be better in the sense like you and I could go back to it like this and just uh, have a blast just talking about it. And it's not one that gets maybe the credit that it's due, but I, I think as you can hear in like the way that we're talking about <laughs> at the, the end of this show and mm-hmm. also certain gems in the first uh, the first performance that, you know, it, it's a... Uh, it's a really great festival and it's obviously an amazing time to see the band. I think it's this weird thing where because it isn't uh, seen as superior to either great went or Cypress. And also there's other shows from 1998 Vernon Downs is one. Some of the new Year's shows, um, a lot of the summer cover shows, the great woods shows that they, it kind of falls in this weird place where I think it's respected, but not, particularly like listened to very often even among people i think who were at this festival um because i think there's a lot of people who were at this festival who also went to great went and cyprus you know if you were into the band at this time and you were going to festivals that had discretionary income yeah this might be one that you go oh yeah i went to that that was kind of like the sequel to great went and you don't really remember it as well but when you come back to it cold i mean i don't want to speak for you but i think i almost can um <laughs> when you go back to these things cold you actually is particularly as a fan of the band now you realize like just how much they have to offer and i i would say that in terms of extremely like exploratory jamming and very like transcendent long exploratory jams i definitely would give you know went and cypress the edge over that over lemon wheel but i think i said this at the beginning of the first pod but now that we've come to the end of this whole thing like i've always felt like lemon wheel is like the most fun festival they've ever done i it always feels like they're having so much fun on stage at this and uh not only just like the kind of sexual healing <laughs> thing and all of that stuff but just like you know the baby elephant walk the whole mo- uh, like far east motif they were going for it felt like they were playing with house money after Clifford Ball and Great went and sort of were like, um, you know, did they just like, yes, of course we have to do a festival this year too, you know, which of course now it's like, you have to wait five years between festivals <laughs> or whatever. But just you know, at the time it was, castle. yeah, you know, and, but so, uh, but at the time it was like, yeah, we're going to do a festival. And so this one falls between the cracks. But like, if you think about, I think the gumbo from night one, 
uh you think about uh the gin the punch uh the gin the uh the ghost from this one the disease from this one 2001 um and uh, I know I'm forgetting ones from night one, but just uh, just uh, there's there's still there's still a lot of great highlights to pull out from these shows. And uh, my 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 PSA to any listeners out there is like, uh, you know, don't hate, appreciate. Go back and like yes. uh, go back and listen to Lemon Wheel. And I just do it. What, 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 yeah. And I, I, this is kind of like I think probably your first like foray into really like analyzing a festival show. Right. I yep. And uh, you weren't disappointed by it. Not even in the slightest. Yeah. This was a great decision going back and listening to this. I had probably heard, like, a couple songs from it, from the live bait. Um, but, man, this one really hooked me. Ha, see what I did there? I got it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and coming to it from a more 3.0-centric perspective, I feel like I can just tell that you're, like, you're kind of locking in a little bit to some of the later 90s stuff. More yeah, stuff this 98 stuff is... Uh, I've been Good indulging. Day. I've been Good indulging. Day. I'm gonna be listening to that ghost forever. Like that's so good. That's 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 <laughs> and that's the thing is I don't think that ever gets any kind of real like talk talk, you know? I think if anything does it's the gumbo from night one, just because it's a specific version of that song that's like a lot different, you know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to like there's a there's there's a trillion amazing version of ghosts, but this is definitely one of them, you know, and uh yeah, I mean I, I, yeah, I think that uh, any completionist in the fish world out there should definitely check out Lemon Wheel. That, that would be kind of my, uh, kind of my, my uh, soapbox moment at the end of uh, at this pod. But, buddy, we did it. We did it. Six we sets of it. fish. Whew, um, man, I'm beat. We have to head we back have to, to wrap the tent. Up. It's gonna yeah. be. It. <laughs> it's, uh, we've been, it's late. It's pretty much as late as it would be if it were, we were actually I'm pretty, at the show I'm pretty right sure <laughs> that I left the banana sitting out. Who knows if that, and I know I didn't zip up the tent, so there's probably yeah, there's gonna stuff. be someone in there or something yeah. in there. Who knows? Some kind of. And you want to be mad, but then you're like, do you want to hang out, dude? Like, whatever. Yeah. I'm sure we've got some brewskis waiting <laughs> for us. we got some back stuff going the, on. Back at the Got campsite. a couple of cold Zimas. Yeah, some Zimas. Ready to yeah. go. Hang out with the neighbors. Talk about our Birkenstocks. Talk about talk about you. You watching Seinfeld, dude? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see Bullworth? That movie was amazing. <laughs> so these three episodes, I think the two Lemon Wheel and the 2016 show are all going to come out pretty much at the same time. But uh, we don't exactly know when we're doing the next one, but we're going to try to get on that. I think it's my choice, right? We're on 3.0. Yep, we are on a 3.0 show. Stay tuned for that, but. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed. If you've made it all the way through this, then first of all, Iculus bless you. We we appreciate yes. you. Thank you so much. Email us at, at fivefinsmailbag yes. at gmail dot com. P h i v e p h i n s. If it doesn't send, just keep trying. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we we appreciate you. you. Make sure that uh, you like subscribe and like whatever you're supposed to do. I don't know, yeah, like, like all or those whatever things. Like the press the press all the buttons, not the down, but like all the up ones. And then yeah, any good, good button, go ahead and press all the that. good buttons. Download, <laughs> except that one. That's a down button, but it's only in the name. Down, so go ahead yeah, and do down, that. Yeah, download is like all the positive buttons. All yes, the positive there buttons. There we go. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time on Five Fins. Bye, everybody. Bye.